Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen, D A D, the former Jam That Champion, and I'm joined by the current Jam That Champion. It is not Ollie Davis, who is not well. No, Pete Quinnell. Hi, it's me. Hey, Pete. We haven't done a show together in ages. When was the last time you and I did a show together? I'm sure. <laughs> well, that Sorry. was close. Not my laptop. On <laughs> um. I can't remember. I legitimately can't remember. Because I've done shows with Tempo. Yeah. Like he's filled in for some Denise shows yep. in the past. Yeah. But you and I, was it? Was it when Ollie got blown up? Did had his had his hair no, done? No, no, we did a show. We did an AEW show. Did we do the first Danielson? No. Ye- no, the second. The second, yes, we did the re- so That was the only rematch. a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, it was in January. Oh god. <laughs> Feels like it was. I was going to say like, Last was it year. when Retribution debuted? <laughs> 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 At the very least, I was going to say it was definitely last year. But no, you're yeah. right. It was literally last month. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a few weeks back. But anyway. you know what? All the shows that we do end up being amazing shows. Oh, they so do, don't they? you know, we so have got a, doing them. we've got a really good track record. We've mm. had like you know the uh, the Danielson uh, page stuff recently, yep. and as you mentioned there. Retribution. Yeah. We also had Cedric Alexander <laughs> as the janitor. Wacka wacka. Wacka wacka. We won. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we've got a good track record, you and I. Yeah. And uh, now, on this episode, we've got some amazing oh, stuff to talk about man, as well. I cannot Ooh. wait so to excited. talk about this show. This yes. was a fun ass episode of, sure was. of AW. I got up super duper excited. Mm-hmm. Um, as with all Dynamite shows, don't take my phone off airplane mode. Mm-mm. So, I put my phone once the show had finished. Turn it onto airplane mode. It was inundated with Wordle text from mm-hmm. our uh, our WhatsApp group. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I had my phone on airplane mode. I had a dream that I saw the debut, like mm-hmm. in the morning, and it was Jeff Hardy. Yeah, and it was there were loads of Jeff Hardy segments, and by the end of it, people were sick of Jeff Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being, and I was like watching them being like, "Oh no, they screwed oh, it up. They bollocks it. Yeah. They had it right there, and they and they messed it up." 
but it, yeah it, but as it turned out i was very much wrong yeah in my dream i was uh i was so concerned because i i've had a, a few things to do today because on on thursdays i normally write the the sunday wrestle talk news list script that adam voices i normally write that on a thursday but i'm filling in for the podcast and i normally write it on a thursday afternoon so i was like okay well, i'm gonna need to get up early because i need to watch aew and also do the podcast which is going to take up more time and all the new stuff that you do and all well. the new stuff that i do in the morning and, and getting images and thumbnails and all that stuff so i was like okay i've got a lot, a lot more on my plate today so i'm gonna get up early and watch aew first thing because mm-hmm. don't want any spoilers yeah and it means i can just get up and it'll be great so at like six half six i'm gonna get up watch the show and it's gonna be great and i can do it as a special treat i'm gonna get up a bit earlier i can watch it on 1.25 times speed oh. oh it was it was delightful let me tell you um and uh i woke up at about 3 30 and my brain was just racing i was like you want to watch AEW?" i was like the show hasn't even finished yet probably <laughs> like just calm down go back to sleep you have several alarms set so you don't miss it i was like yeah but like Keith Lee's probably debuting right now. Like you should, you need to like go watch it. And I'm like, brain, shut up, <laughs> please let me go to sleep. Um, so then I didn't. I I went back to sleep. I think, think I had my love set for six. I got back to sleep at about quarter to six. Oh, <laughs> just, just the worst. Oh, that's not what you <laughs> yeah. want, is it? And then yeah, managed to managed to get up, motivate myself because I was like, okay, it's probably gonna be a very good AEW show. Just get up and watch it. You'll enjoy yourself. And wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? I did. Uh, it was a bloody great show. It was a yeah. great show. Yeah, Tempest. So I was I was overthinking uh uh what what the debut could have been and then I, I can remember waking up at one point i must have been dozing at some point in those few hours i can remember being like it's probably gonna be keith lee but what if it isn't what if it's like you know tony khan's been talking about the forbidden door and all that stuff what if it's like keith lee but also there's another one that he's got lined up that's gonna be like a huge like forbidden what if it's okada yeah what if he's just like there and my brain was just overthinking everything i was like can you just shut up and please go to sleep yeah i mean because i saw um andrew zarian Mm-hmm. tweet out last night before i went to bed last night being like oh i, I know who it is mm-hmm. and like it is like forbidden door territory so like akada was where my mind jumped to yeah but i've also i said to ali on the raw stream what if it's mustafa ali yeah like, right i mean and of course it wasn't gonna be no, of Mr. Ali. Of course, like you know i think we were all pretty confident this is stuff we should really be doing on the, the podcast yeah itself, i know as opposed to the yeah, intro portion. But we're talking about our sleep more than the show yeah you're absolutely right yeah, yeah. so I, I mean i was up at six this morning mm-hmm. to watch it um I'm, I'm currently sleeping in a separate room to my wife and child mm-hmm. um just because she is going through sleep regression which means i get disturbed sleep as well and i've got right. to drive to london yeah very dangerous so yep. i'm sleeping in the spare room at the moment so i can get mm-hmm. like a full night's sleep that makes stuff. sense so i'm not being woken up at five now to go and watch dynamite i'm waking myself up at six but I've always I go downstairs. I watch Raw in the office. Mm-hmm. I watch oh, Raw yeah. in the office, and I set it up onto my uh, secondary monitor, and I watch it there, and I make my notes. Dynamite. I go downstairs and I watch it on the telly. Hundred percent. Oh, and it's so nice. I get my proper cup of coffee going, have a little bit of cereal, mm-hmm. and I just watch Dynamite, and I have a grand old time every single week. Well, I feel like I'm dead positive, like coming into the show because I've had a nice experience watching it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then my wife always joins me an hour in, so she provides mm-hmm. her commentary on it as well. Nice. She doesn't like watching the show. No, nope. but she likes having me for an hour. Yeah. So that's always good. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was then very excited to come into this show. Uh, mm. Come in and do this show. Yeah. So I'm let's let, let's get into it because we have got some emails to read out in the outro portion of this, which we will get to. Uh, but for, 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 for first... Oh my God, Pete, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bit tired, mate. I, I'm tired, Pete, because even though I am in a spare room, I'm still tired. Yeah. Still really... I mean, you because I can do hear have her. a kid. I know. It's still a tiring I thing. Hear her. Yeah. If she, if she wakes up and has a proper wage. Which yeah. she doesn't often because she is good. Anyway, <laughs> here is the show. 
bask in his glory. Oh, bask in his glory. Oh, bask in his glory. Oh, bask in his glory. Keith Lee to AEW confirmed. Keith Lee is all elite and it was perfect. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, and I am joined by your Jam That Champion. He is L-I-W-4-4-4-L, Pete Quinnell. Hi, that was, that was a hell of an intro. You're welcome, mate. Thank you. I, I don't get that kind of respect elsewhere. <laughs> this is great. It's because you run your own show. Oh, well, yeah, that's fair. You, could, you yeah. could do this intro for yourself. You I, just choose not to. I, I, I like to, to share the credit with my intangible co-host, Tempest. So I just like to you know make it nice and even. Mm. I don't like to put myself on a pedestal above him or anything. That would be mean and yeah. rude. Well, I'm not going to be rude about this episode of Dynamite. Oh, it was good, wasn't it? That's not true. There wasn't. There was some... I thought, I thought the first like half hour... Oh, mate. Some, some of it were like... We'll get to it. We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to it. But first, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode, BetterHelp. And you can get yourself better help. Because we here at WrestleTalk truly believe in support WrestleTalk, support each other, support yourself. We had Eddie Kingston on the show last Friday, and he spoke very, very openly and passionately about mental health and talking and being open and honest and really just talking about like your your struggles and stuff rather than trying to internalize them as previous generations like my my dad's generation and my dad's dad's generation would have done this is particularly and i'm not generalizing here it's particularly bad within lads Mm -hmm. and i think we have uh, i'm i've been guilty of it myself but over the last few years i have been much more open to the idea of talking about your feelings and your emotions and that is good and better help can help you do that it is not a crisis line it is not self-help it is professional therapy done securely online if anyone wants to talk to them via text message you can do over the phone you can do video calls you can do and it is available worldwide and if you use our promo code wrestle click the video description down below use the promo code wrestle and get 10 percent off your first month good stuff I'm I'm really happy that we're doing something like this. Yes, yeah. you know, as anyone who's heard uh, podcasts for years and stuff will know that I've personally gone through a lot of mental health struggles and stuff like that. So it's really cool that we're able to to help help you guys help yourselves as well. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm you know really pleased that BetterHelp have come on board because I know they've sponsored a few podcasts that I listen to that I'm mm-hmm. actually like I'm a regular listener of. And it's a sponsorship that I'm like, oh man, I, if we could get that sort of sponsor, that would make me feel really. Not good about myself, because that makes it feel like it's a... But it's good because I want to be able to extend yep. that out to people. Send positivity. Exactly, yes. That's yes. better help. H-E-L-P. Click the link in the video description down below. Right, let's talk about Keith Bloody Lee. Yes! I was so, so excited to watch this episode of Dynamite this morning. Mm-hmm. I got up super duper jazzed because we had the tease on Rampage that we were going to have a new debut. Mm-hmm. Then Tony Khan put out his incredibly confusing tweet... <laughs> Where he essentially created what did I call it? Um, uh, the free, uh, the free Baden. Oh, I called it something. The free, yeah. the free agents door or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. Dargent we'll or that. something. Yep. Anyway, he said that it was a forbidden door and a free agent, which doesn't actually make sense. And that's yes. what led to also Jay White being on this show. Yes, lol. Which we'll talk about later, which we'll talk about in a bit. I, I mean, for me, the two kind of are linked. That's together. true. Yeah, we'll talk about both. We'll talk about both because they had a segment with Rapongi Vice backstage. And Rapongi Vice get attacked by the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. And then all of a sudden, Adam Cole is like, we've got some other help here. 
and Switchblade Jay White walks onto the stage and he shows off his jacket and then he's got this big groofy grin on his face because he's Jay White and he's lovely and all of this sort of stuff. And I thought, apparently this was done like as a last minute thing. Mm -hmm. Like it was only agreed as of last Sunday. So it's only like four days before this aired. Yeah. Because Tony made a mistake in his tweet. Yeah. Because Tony put like Forbidden Door and Free Agent. He was like, whoa. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's just incorrect. I now need to get a Forbidden Door thing. Yep. So he called in on Jay White, and Jay White has shown up. So I'm curious to see what Jay White's going to do. It also acted as a brilliant misdirect. Mm -hmm. Because we weren't expecting both a Forbidden Door and a free agent, I then thought Jay White was going to face Isaiah Cassidy. Mm -hmm. So Isaiah Cassidy comes out, private party, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, at the start of the show, I was 100% like, I'm pretty sure it's Keith Lee. Yeah. Like, and that's weird to say I was 100% pretty sure, but like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. if i was sort of if i was a betting man and i am not mm-hmm. i would have said it was keith lee same um outside of, if it wasn't him i was thinking maybe Wyndham, but like keith lee was where my money was sort of riding on right yeah until the jay white thing mm-hmm. and then i was like oh man now i don't know yeah who it is and especially because right at the end of that segment jay white came in did his thing walked off and the commentators were like well stay tuned for more and it was like, it felt like they were going to lead into a follow-up Jay White segment yes. after the ad break, which is really confused because then Isaiah Cassidy came out for the entrance and they cut to an ad break. It was like, so is he facing Jay White? Is this going to be like a follow-up to that? And no, they didn't. It was a misdirect for what was coming next. And then on the screen, it just says, I am limitless. Oh. And it comes up and Keith got such a wonderful, wonderful pop. I, oh, I, I, okay. I couldn't believe this. Here are my notes verbatim. Mm. I have the biggest smile on my face. What a pop. And he is proper Keith Lee. He yep. slowly reveals he's not wearing a stupid t-shirt. The crowd child bask in his glory. Keith looks like he's having the best time. Oh my God, that Jessica Beale. He probably <laughs> threw him to the moon. Like it was... We, You and I did the Punk debut mm. episode of Rampage. We did. The review of it. Yeah. And we said there, it was a perfect wrestling return. Like the yeah. most perfect wrestling return ever. I'm going to get your thoughts on this first because I've got a bit of a story to tell and I think I've talked sure. uh, enough already as it is. Mm. What did you make of this? This was perfect. This was absolutely perfect because this showcased everything you wanted to see in a Keith Lee debut. This showed everyone who was familiar with Keith Lee, hey, this is what he used to do back in NXT on the Indies. Did you miss that? Mm-hmm. Here it is. Look at all this great stuff he can do. He can throw Isaiah Cassidy all the way across the ring, which was amazing. Uh, you know, he can swat him out of midair. He can do the leapfrog. He can do the big crossbody. He can slingshot over the top rope, and, you know, in the post-match stuff. Like, he can catch Mark Quinn from the side and hit this huge powerbomb and stuff like that. It was all the points of Keith Lee you want to hit while leaving so much for him to give in bigger and bigger matches when he comes later. You know, doing, like, the moonsaults off the top ropes and the flips and all, know, the, right. all the crazy stuff that Keith Lee can do. All of that's still in the tank for later down the line. And for people who are unfamiliar with Keith Lee, they go, oh my God, this big guy is doing all this crazy athletic stuff without showing all the big stuff that's going to come later. They haven't just spaffed it all in one go. This was absolutely perfect. It showed everyone what they need to see, why they need to care about Keith Lee. The absolutely blue, perfect. I love the the Blue Meanie put it up on Twitter being like, when I, when I was wrestling, like my big man icon was Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I wanted to wrestle. And to be the agile big man, it was mm. it was Bam Bam was who I was trying to yeah. trying to be. Future generations are going to look at Keith Lee. This is the Blue Meanies thought. You know, like future generations, they're going to look at Keith Lee as the blueprint of how to be an agile big man. Yeah. So to kind of take you on a bit of a, a story, on a bit of a journey. Please do. 
Um, I've been doing the Rest Talk podcast now for five years. I think okay. we're getting on for nearly five years or so. Sure. I've been I've certainly been working with Rest Talk for coming up for five years. And uh, one of the first things that Ollie and I did together when I started working here full time was we went to a Rev Pro show. Mm. And that was the Rev Pro show with Keith Lee versus Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. And if you're a long time watcher and long time listener to this, I have talked about this part like this match out the wazoo it's one of the it's the greatest match i've ever seen in my life it's, it's apart from the hardcore triple threat at wrestlemania of course, seven, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. but it is a it is a perfect match and it's the match that made me go like damn this keith lee guy is amazing and we did a podcast maybe a few weeks later maybe a month or so later we used to do sort of like twitter questions and stuff we were like post up on twitter like hey mm-hmm. what would you want us to talk about and people would send us stuff the very last question we had on an episode was someone asked who from the indies would you love to see signed with WWE? Yep. And me and Ollie looked at each other and we said, like, we're in agreement, right? Three, two, one. Look at the camera and went, Keith Lee. And when I said that, and I was like, I really want to see Keith Lee go to WWE because I want to see him on the biggest platform possible to show the world what he can do. Mm-hmm. This is what I meant. Yep. This is what I had in mind. This is exactly what I had envisioned of Keith Lee going to the big leagues, I'm doing big Bucky hair quotes for podcast listeners, the big leagues and showing what he could do and why Keith Lee is so special. Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted to see from a Keith Lee debut. And that's not to completely take away with what WWE did in this first couple of weeks, mm-hmm. because I think we can often overlook, he beat Randy Orton on clean. pay-per-view, clean as a sheet, mm. in about eight minutes, yeah. in a time when Randy was not losing. And also, they'd showcased him really prominently at Survivor Series the previous year. Yeah. And that was awesome. And at the Royal, Royal Rumble, Rumble right? with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, with Brock Lesnar. Like, they had teased Keith Lee a couple times and got a whetted our appetite for when Keith Lee got up to the main roster. And when he came up, granted the first week, lost by DQ and all that. But at the first pay-per-view, payback, he won clean against Randy Orton, started off great. But Perfect. There, but there was that, like... Ah, but he's in a t-shirt. Yeah. Ah, but the music's different. The music's different. Yeah. Ah, like something doesn't feel quite right about Keith Lee. Yeah. Like this is this isn't this isn't my mm-hmm. Keith Lee. Yeah. I don't think that's Keith's Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. And the longer he spent on the main roster, I know he was out for a long, uh, you know, a large portion. Of it, but the longer he was there, the less good he seemed. And the less special. The less special was. is a really really good way to describe it. Yeah. And then all the Bearcat stuff. Yeah. Like, and then they released him. And when we did our like reaction live streams to the releases and stuff, and we did a podcast afterwards, like, there were you know a few names of being like, oh my god, how could you release that? Swerve Scott was one of them, like a big one. Keith Lee was a huge one. And people were like, how do you drop the ball? And I watched a, the video recently of Keith versus Brock at mm. the Rumble. Yeah. Because like people were sharing that clip around on Twitter, right? And every single time I saw it, and I watched it multiple times, I was like, it is impossible for you as a wrestling promoter to look at that. You booked this. Like, like Vince booked this spot. He booked Keith to be in this spot with Brock. So you as a booker, you have put this man into this position. You have then watched him do that spot and watched the crowd react to that spot, watched how Brock was reacting to that spot and how they got massively over and then go, well, I need to change every single thing about it then. Yeah. Like it's maddening, absolutely maddening. So for me, as a huge Keith Lee mark, as someone who has loved Keith Lee for many, many years on the indies, and actually his time in NXT as well, even that got up to a bit of a rocky start, but his latter part of it was superb. To see him come out here, there was no stupid t-shirts. 
There was no stupid nickname. There was no stupid music. In fact, it was rad music. Was great music. And he was Keith Lee again. He was. And he looked like the Keith Lee I used to watch in front of fi- like 500 people in Rev Pro. And it was so cathartic and wonderful. And just, I, I loved every single second of this. And it looked like he loved every single second of this as well. Like he walked to the ring, biggest smile on his face. And when the crowd started doing Bask in His Glory, I was like, I have missed this so much. This is the audience that Keith should be in front of. Yeah. Literally, my notes of you saying that Keith has joined himself, I wrote, Keith is in his effing element. <laughs> I have missed him so much. And that's not, I've missed him from his release from WWE. This is, I miss old Keith Lee. That is what I'm missing. I miss this and, I, and I'm And I'm seeing him back. And he looked so good. The match was perfect. Perfect. It was it the greatest was just, hits match. It's the greatest hits match. And that's all you wanted this to be. They got in a little bit of offense, which is good. I didn't think you want to do a complete squash of Isaiah, considering he was just going for the TNT Championship and stuff. But him just coming in, doing the throw he did at the start, the very first thing he does that is probably one of the man. best spots of the match. That... And the crowd went ballistic for Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Like, he just basically, he pushes Cassidy into the corner. If you haven't seen the match, which, by the way, you should. Please watch it. It's on YouTube. He pushes Cassidy into the match, grabs him, and then he Jessica Beals him. Swoof! Like, that is the definition of a yeet. Yeah, right? He yoked him. <laughs> <laughs> What's the past tense of yeet? Yeeted? Yeah, yeeted. Yeah, I like yoted. Yoted. <laughs> yoted him across the ring and actually you know not take anything away from cassidy because cassidy made him look oh, incredible so good like it's not hard to make keith lee look great no but isaiah cassidy's selling of this matt hardy's selling of this mm-hmm. mark quen selling of this. like the three of them reacting to keith lee coming down to the ring put over how special this felt it's all big boy again it's the same thing as brock brock going oh god this guy's special yeah all these guys granted not the same level as brock but all of them being like yeah we're ready for this match let's go keith lee's music to go oh balls like yeah it proves that oh god you need to take keith lee seriously yeah it was just absolutely pitch perfect the commentary team did a great job of putting him over you know Mm -hmm. a lot of like look at the size of this guy but look how he moves and all this sort of stuff and he did a his Greatest hits. Yeah. Did the Beal, swatting them out of the air, doing the slingshot splash Did and all pounce. this sort of stuff. The pounce, exactly, and all yeah. this sort of stuff. He, like, Cassie was the perfect person to put him in. Yeah. He wins the match with the Big Bang Catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, Private Party started to beat him down. And I was like, oh man, this is a weird way. Because, like, they kick him out of the ring. And I was like, what's a weird way to end this debut? Like, you almost had that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then Cassidy leaps over the top rope and effortlessly, Keith just catches him and be like, a lot of it. All right. Yeah. So Mark Quinn looks at this and is like, huh, can he do it with both of us? <laughs> so Mark Quinn runs against the ropes. Little did he know that Keith Lee had just dropped Isaiah Cassidy <laughs> and he was like, and now I'm ready to catch you. Yeah. And Quinn does this topake on hero going mm-hmm. over and Keith Lee catches him without flinching <laughs> into a powerbomb position and catches him being like, and? Yeah. And, and then powerbombs him onto Cassidy. It was so good. And then picks him oh, up again God. and powerbombs him onto the edge of the apron. Like, this was absolutely perfect. Like, I don't know if you heard this because I think you were on a call with Laurie a little bit ago. Andy just went to me and he was like, actually, I haven't seen Keith Lee's debut. I should probably watch that. And I was like, yeah, please do. And he sits next to me in the office so I could see him watching it. The instant, like, Andy doesn't watch wrestling the same way we do, I, I, I don't think. Not to, not to um, crap on Andy or anything. But him watching 
his debut was exactly what I wanted someone to react to this debut like. Like, he came out and he was like, oh, he looks really good. And then he comes up, he does the first throw, and Andy's just there going, Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, that's right, Andy. That is the correct reaction. And that's great, right? Because that is someone who, like, Andy is not a big watcher of wrestling. No, he's not. He really isn't. And that's not, like, say, like, oh my god, we're not trying to bury Andy or anything. Like, not Andy enjoys watching wrestling with people. So, Absolutely. like, he doesn't tend to watch it by his lonesome. So, he is the sort of fan that you're trying to capture. Mm-hmm. The sort of fan you're trying. And that's what Keith Lee does. That's what's so great about Keith Lee. That is what... I... Okay. If you are watching this video, either live, or you're in the comments afterwards, and you message me, or you leave a comment that just says, I don't think Keith Lee is that special. I don't mm. see the appeal. There's part of me that's just like, well, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Yeah. There's another part of me that's just like, get in the sea. <laughs> and then, that seems a bit cruel. Get yourself out of the sea, put yourself in a bin, and get back in the sea. <laughs> because he's amazing. Like, he's, just, he's really good. <laughs> I don't... Like I, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Set me through a loop. That's like, great. Like cringe wrestling takes on Twitter. Yeah, is almost like he was saying the other day. What a nice guy that he is as well. Um, he's he's said today he's like he can almost create a new Twitter account mm. that is people who have changed their mind on Keith Lee. People when he was <laughs> yes. in WWE to being like, oh my god, Keith Lee is a future star. Keith mm-hmm. Lee is Keith Lee's that, and now he's gone to AEW being like, now nah, Keith Lee sucks. He was never that yeah. good. He's literally like finding all of these people. Every, almost every it's a the Venn diagram is a circle yeah. of people who are saying Keith Lee is not the big signing that Tony Khan promised. Said two years ago, Keith Lee should main event WrestleMania. He should win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. It is an absolute circle yeah. because there are people who see Keith Lee and be like, he is awesome. He is amazing. He's an incredible special talent, and I want to see him succeed. And I'm so gosh done happy for him dude that's it right oh my god what, i'm what so a, thrilled what a week for keith what lee. a week getting married as well a few days ago and then debuting on dynamite here i'm so so happy for him yeah and especially after everything he went through with all like the covid know, complications right? and everything that he had like i'm so thrilled that he's at AEW now and keith if you're watching this you liked my tweet that means we're best friends message me on twitter <laughs> <laughs> we love you keith we love you so much keith. and i loved this debut it was absolutely perfect. I should say as well, he's now in the face of the Revolution ladder match. Oh my god, it's him and Wardlow in the same match! I want it so bad! Yeah. I can't wait for Revolution. Absolutely cannot wait. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We'll talk a little bit more about the Jay White thing uh, in a little bit. In yes. fact, we're going to review the entire show in a little bit. But let's get into your old chats because, boy howdy, do you have a lot of thoughts to say about this Keith Lee debut. There oh, are yes. nearly two pages worth of people just talking about Keith Lee's debut. Good, here. as they should. Absolutely, bloody exactly. Jack Nichols says, he's here. I love Keith Lee so much. Such a gorgeous, charismatic, and athletic man. He looked so happy too. Great show, great promos, great matches. Fantastic show. Pete sounds like Cadicarus, which is a compliment. What's your favorite Slam Master J match? Now, I'm just actually going to ignore Jack's uh, second there because I don't think I've ever said this before. I've had that same thought. I've watched Caddy videos before, and I was like, Caddy's delivery is a lot like Pete's. I have seen Katakaris' name around. I haven't watched any of the videos, though. So maybe I should do that. Yeah. And I'll... I'll... And, I, and I wasn't saying, like, oh, Pete's just lifted himself. Yeah, like, just Caddy. bloody copycat. Yeah. No, but there have been times where I'm like, man, Caddy really reminds me of Pete. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it is a massive compliment, because Caddy's great. Well, but that's good. I also recommend, I also recommend people watch Katakaris' videos as well, because mm. he is hysterically funny. Just like me absolutely yeah if you yeah. want if you are like an aspiring youtuber and you're like i don't know how to do a good sponsor video watch caddy yeah like, caddy, <laughs> it's like caddy and tom are like the great examples anyway mm. double beef gaming says hi guys long time listener first time omega chatter so happy for keith lee i popped for him almost as much as i did for danielson and punk you guys in aew got me back into wrestling after i got uh, laid off in 2020 due to the pandemic much love p.s i like the new rating scale ollie just that you should anchor it to where 50 percent is average bask in his glory. He gave the show a 95%. I'll be, I'll be honest, Luke. I don't understand Ollie's rating <laughs> scale. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing with it. Like, 
it was fine the way it was. Yeah. Like, I know people didn't get it because, like, you know, oh, you're right. Like, you said many times, it's on a different scale. Yeah. I, I thought I it was fine. Like, I get why people didn't like it as well. I, I thought it was fine. I still think he was a bit harsh sometimes in not giving fives. There was a couple of like, 100%. I was like, come yeah. on, Ollie. This yeah, was come a five. On. But other than that, I totally understand the scale. And I think it makes sense. And now he's just been peer pressured into <laughs> changing it to percentages. He's going to change it again. Yeah, of course he is. Uh, Kit said, I was having a rough week and seeing Keith Lee come out completely cheered me up. The crowd reaction was amazing. I'm so happy he's back, basking in his glory. I just want to say, actually, now, the other thing about the crowd, um, I'm going to pass over to you for old chat as well, so I can mm. have a, a drink of the old water. Stay hydrated, everyone. Um Ollie said to me the other day, I think it was last week, in fact, on the AEW review, mm -hmm. that is Keith Lee a big enough name to be this sort of like level of debut? I can't remember if it was on the AEW stream or maybe it was just we were just chatting about it, uh, whatever or so. And I said that there's AEW and WWE are very different animals. Mm -hmm. WWE is a casual market thing yep. it, and you do have to be a big name. If you are teasing a big name in WWE, I don't think it then can be an NXT call-up. Because we as the like we here would be well into that. Like mm -hmm. if Keith Lee was that name, you'd be like, oh my god, it's Keith Lee here. But I would say 65% of WWE's audience is that hardcore audience. They'll be like, oh my god, Keith Lee, bask in his glory. While the other 35% are just the families there who are going to see because Raw's in town. right? Yeah. And won't know who the guy is, won't know what the song is. And eventually, over time, they will get used to it and things like that. Mm -hmm. AEW is a 100% audience that is like us. Yeah. Right? That is what, and that's why they have a ceiling. Mm -hmm. They will never get the same level of ratings as Raw and SmackDown because they have a ceiling. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like no. TNT and TBS are very happy with their ratings, but they do have that ceiling, which is that hardcore audience. And I know that WWE would say, like, that's a problem. I don't think it is. But what it means is that when you have 100% of people who are like us, when a Keith Lee comes out, everyone knows, bask in his glory, which means the entire audience does, the entire arena does it, and it sounds and it feels epic. Yeah. I, I genuinely, I a little bit forgot, because it was all about the Limitless stuff, yep. and it was all like, it's Limitless Keith Lee, and the Titan Tron says Limitless, I almost forgot about the bask in his glory type thing, until the crowd started chanting it some more, and I was like, I miss this so much. This yeah. is perfect. I oh man, yeah, it, it added to the debut so much hearing that crowd do that. And I agree with your points. Thank you. Before there's a comment that someone left in a, a news video I did recently when I was talking about how great Keith Lee was mm. and about how like you know he's been made a star elsewhere apart from WWE. And someone messaged me and like I don't know why you guys are rate so Keith Lee so much. He's never drawn anywhere. And I was like, I've been to many Rev Pro shows. I've actually been to multiple shows where Keith Lee has been a headline act and it has sold out off the back of his name being announced. Yeah. And their response was like, well, that's not really being a draw. Like you draw like a, to 500 people to Rev Pro <laughs> in York Hall. Like he hasn't main evented WrestleMania. I was like, I don't think you know what a draw is. <laughs> he hasn't drawn anywhere. Not there, not there. <laughs> he hasn't drawn anywhere. I mean, apart from all these places. But that's a really it's, it's drawn. Not there, not there. I mean, specifically WWE. Um, Jacob Smith said, uh, This was the main roster debut Keith Lee deserved. A reminder of why NXT was so precious to me once. How AEW can put so much on in a single show and still have so much on the table for the pay-per-view is beyond me. I want a weekly manifest of trios, titles, etc, etc. Yeah. Absolutely spot on. Mm -hmm. Like this show was completely stacked, and I was like, we had like two pay per view ca uh, pay per view caliber matches on this show, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Um, 
Keith Lloyd said, uh, Bask in his freaking glory. Keith Lee debuting gave this a 100% for me. AEW is building big man wrestlers way better than WWE right now. Also, Hangman is putting on bangers right now as champion. Respect the cowboy, Ollie. Jam that mofo jam. It's going to be so nice doing a show with someone who actually likes Hangman. I love Hangman. He's great. He is great. Ollie hates him. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Why either. Stuart Ellis said, uh, "You're dead right. Keith Lee was perfect. His new music fits him brilliantly. And for me, the uh, the Sting is right up there in AEW straight away." The Sting is right. Oh, right, yeah, no, like the start of it. Okay, uh, the bloody bear cat is here. Can we see him yeet people into the <laughs> next week's dynamite all the time, please? Bye. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, Lakshmi Narasimhan B said, uh, it was great seeing Keith Lee on Dynamite. It was even great to seeing limitless Keith Lee with his typical gear instead of a darn singlet. Uh, it was even better seeing Keith Lee yeeting people across long distances. Cole must have had flashbacks seeing that. Yes. Oh, they're back in the same company again. It's the, it's the greatest wrestling gif of all time. Um, Plasma PC said, uh, morning, Luke and Pete. By the time you see this, I'll be at the dentist. Did you guys notice, uh, that Keith's trunks were the same colors as the Bearcat singlet and that Matt looked, uh, a little sad that it wasn't Jeff. Uh, Sammy, uh, should referee that tag match next week. No, I like that Sammy's not involved in, yep. like, I same. think it's actually a good thing. Oh, the, we did actually mention in the match mm, yeah. on commentary. So Matt leaves private party, um, at ringside because he sees them being beaten up, right? And he's just like, I've had enough of this. Did you hear what commentary says? Mm-hmm. Matt's ask- Matt's acting very erratically at the moment. Ah, yes. Very specific reference. N- nudge, nudge. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah, I wonder what that could possibly be referencing. Uh, oh my god, we've got so many more about this. Mitchell Johnson said, AEW is now officially limitless. Obviously, we could go on forever fantasy booking Keithley, but after Revolution, I'm curious as to what you will think the limitless one should do. Hashtag bask in his glory. Hashtag jam that jam. I'm, I'm torn on that. I had Wardlow down to win the place in the revolution because i think him then winning the tnt championship and and being forced to hand it over to mjf is such a beautiful story yep but now keith's there yeah (laughs) and the thing is it's easy enough in a multi-man ladder match to not have keith win and he can still very much stay strong out of that and he's very protected in the loss i do also want him to just win the tnt title though Mm -hmm. like come straight in win 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 get the title because the story they were telling with sammy prior to all the cody stuff yes um was that no one won the tnt championship on their first try Mm -hmm. like that was the story they were telling with like uh tony niece and there's a couple of other lads as well that were like that was this you know runners they were like bobby fish bobby fish was one of them wasn't it was just like i know i my first try in one of my first matches i'm going to win the tnt championship and sammy kept beating him so i think for keith to be that guy mm-hmm. i think it's really awesome it would be fantabulous uh fred verst says uh september last year fightful reported on the rumored pictures wwe made to adam cole's character including cutting his hair and managing keith lee 134 days later and keith is poised for a tnt title run while cole vies for their world title this company it's incredible isn't it so great omar Hosue said, uh, uh, God, does it finally feel good to say that AEW is now basking in limitless glory? Now a pitch. Keith Lee goes on to win the TNT title to then go on to a feud with Danielson. Oh! Yes. Uh, 25-minute match of meat-slapping glory. Um, Uber technicality versus unparalleled strength. I, I s- want that so bad. I saw someone in the chat say Keith versus Darby. Oh. Keith versus Cole. Give me that. Give me... Keith versus Miro. Keith, ver- Keith versus Miro. Keith versus Mira, Keith Ke- versus Moxley. Keith versus Kingston. Keith versus Omega! Oh! 
got Keith versus Penta. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is great. Oh. Oh. Lovely stuff. I need so much more Keith Lee in my life. Uh, um, Edgar has been a yes. member for three months in a row. Not going to lie, when WWE released Keith Lee, I immediately cancelled my Peacock membership and decided to give WrestleTalk my money and said, zero regrets, LIW for life. Zephyr the first regarding Keith Lee being put over in uh, even his title card said, has held 11 championships in eight different promotions. I'm so glad he's being billed as a proper big star. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent point. Garrick Morgan said, re the 180 fans take on Keith Lee. I'm convinced fans are just mad because they know WWE could not do the right thing and uh, could have done this very thing, but better, but probably won't. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's tribalism. Yeah. Chozo55, Keith Lee showing up to me was Ollie's reaction to CM Punk's return. Never have been so happy to see someone who WWE gave up on show up in AEW and show people why he was so beloved in NXT. Agreed. Naomi, definitely a 95% rating with Keith Lee appearing. This episode was amazing. Thank you for all the rest of family for all you do for us. Thank you for watching. Vash TS1984, Keith Lee having PWG style matches. Yes, please. In AEW against people who can make it makes me happy. Now all we need is Ricochet and all will be right with the world. That would be a great name to go. I don't know if he's going to go. Honestly, no. I, I feel like he's quite comfortable and happy where he is just from the vibe I've got from his social media presence and stuff. But we'll and lastly for now, Phil Buckley has said, people keep saying Keith will be on Dark in three weeks and I don't think people understand. That's a good thing. The more top guys show up on Dark the, from time to time, the more eyes the show gets. YouTube are where most eyes are going to be. I don't fully agree with that because I think you can literally look at Dark numbers and compare those to the TV ratings to see that way more people are tuning into. I, I get your point mm -hmm. that people like him might make more people watch Dark, but I think even then it, it, that has got a that has got a ceiling. Yeah, and I think they have hit that ceiling already. I also think that uh, yeah, like you said, keeping showing off in Dark is not a bad thing. No, nope. it's not necessarily to to help Dark though. It's just because it's good to have people showcasing and doing fun matches and getting wins. Absolutely, yeah, it gets, it gets you win loss records. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a, I think that's one hundred percent a good thing. Yeah, uh, before absolutely. we get into the rest of the show, this episode is sponsored by Better Help. Uh, you'll be matched within your therapist in under forty eight hours. Please click the link in the video description down below. Use our promo code Wrestle and get yourself ten percent off your first month. This is available worldwide. It is not a crisis line. It is not self help. It is professional therapy done securely. Better Help wants you to start living a happier life today. And so do we. I thought that this episode had, I don't want to say a rocky start, because I loved the opening segments. Okay. But then I thought the following match didn't work for me. Whoa, okay. And then we got the inner circle stuff. So there was okay. there was part of me that was like, man, this first like half an hour, 40 minutes of this show has been a, a epic amounts of talking mm -hmm. and not a lot of action. Yeah. And that's that makes me concerned. It's amazing actually, like the second half considering how much chat they had in the first half, they absolutely packed it with action in the in the second half of the sure show. Did. So I, I my only negative caveat I have to this is that I feel like there was slightly too much talking. And I think that the inner circle are not as over as Chris Jericho thinks they are. No, not at all. But before we get to that, uh, we had MJF's crowning segment because he beat CM Punk twice in Chicago last week. And I loved so many of the little details mm -hmm. in this. For starters, Wardlow doesn't get his entrance. Nope. Wardlow is being made to go down to the ring carrying standees 
of MJF that he can put in the ring. He then stands in the ring with the standees. And then Justin Roberts like uh, brings out members of the Pinnacles. FTR come out with their big intro. Sean Spears comes out with his big intro. And then Justin Roberts is given this massive like manifest that he's got to read out. This is a huge long intro for MJF. So right there, that's wonderful. Wardlow's character setting of all of this is so, so good. It's so simple and so effective. All he has to do is look a bit miffed. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's all you need to do. And he I, does it so, so well. Also, there was a red carpet. But it was the scarf. It was like MJF scarf colors all the way down, which was great. Love a little detail. So good. And then MJF comes out being carried like Jabba's cousins from Book of Boba <laughs> Fett. Alan Keen, I love it. <laughs> just being carried under the ring. And then there's this redhead that's there. <laughs> and he just starts making out with this redhead, like this big sloppy, like making out like over her face and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> and it was such a good misdirect because he had like one of them on the one side just like gave him a kiss on the cheek. So then he went over to the other one. You're expecting her to give him a kiss on the cheek. And he just makes out with it it's such a gross clip it was so good though and then he cuts this promo and it's a very very good promo it's a really good mjf promo my favorite moment of this though is when he's like i couldn't have done it without the help of one man Mm -hmm. and there's such a little smirk from wardlow where he's like finally some recognition yeah and mjf's like without this guy i never would have beaten him this that and the other and that man's name wardlow takes a step forward is sean spears If you hadn't warmed up with me, buddy, then I never would have been ready for the match. So oh my good. god! Uh, apparently, the uh, the redhead is MJF's real life girlfriend. Oh wow! I did not know that. I did not know that. That's mm. a, that's really funny. That's, that's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, CM Punk comes out. I love the fact he came out to no music. Mm-hmm. Same. Love that. And he basically calls over Tony Schiavone to say like, I've got something I want to say to, uh, to MJF. And he was like, I didn't beat you last week. And since I've been in, in AEW, I have been an island. And that has been a mistake of mine. Now, I'm no longer an island. I've got some friends. Out comes Sting and Darby Allen. They've got baseball bats and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. We're, like, we're ready to go here. And Punk wants a rematch. And I love this little detail as well. Because this is Punk working MJF. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I want a rematch. And Punk's like, I'm not going to give you one. It's like, I don't want a rematch with you. I want it with Wardlow. The appealing to the narcissism of MJF mm-hmm. meant that MJF was being overlooked by someone that he thinks is beneath him. Yeah. So that makes MJF then accept basically to terms to get a rematch between him and Punk. Yeah. I thought it was actually a really, really nice small detail. I, d- I did like it. I feel like if I'm going to have a nitpick, which that's my thing, uh, <laughs> is that it did get a little bit confusing at times. Yeah. Where it was like, I want a rematch with Wardlow. And MJF's like, no, it should be me, but also not me. And you need to get another tag partner that's not Sting and Darby. And then we they can have a match against FTR. And then Dax is going to cut a promo. And then if they win, they can get a rematch with maybe Wardlow, maybe MJF. I don't really know what's happening. But I know there's some stakes. I'm, I was a bit confused about who's doing what. Here. I've literally written my notes here. Uh, that was all a bit convoluted, but I didn't mind it. Yeah, like <laughs> like it was really fun. And I, I liked that there was stakes. And, you know, the, the Punk versus a tag partner of his choice versus FTR is a really fun idea. I was just like, I, I think it just needed to be a bit clearer as to what the stakes are as the final like resolution I agree, of yeah. the, the, the segment kind of thing. Yeah, I completely agree. It was slightly... They overegged the pudding yeah, ever so bit. slightly. And I get that's the point of it because it was lots of MJF worming his way out mm-hmm. of situations. So I totally get it from that aspect, but I, I do think it was slightly... And then, and this is kind of like where I feel like the this whole episode has got a bit of a rocky start. Because mm-hmm. Sting and Darby Allen are out uh, you know, next to Punk, right? But they're not allowed to be his tag partners. 
The next segment we get is Sting and Darby Allen backstage talking to mm -hmm. Andrade. Yeah. And then the very next segment is Wardlow doing an entrance for a match. Yeah. And I was like, why didn't Wardlow just stay out there? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mind it. I, again, this was another part of the promo that I wish they did. They focused a bit more on was MGF saying, "Oh, Wardlow, you got a match next." I would have much preferred Wardlow be like, "Wait, what? Like, I'm not, I'm not ready. I don't have my gear. I don't have anything." He's like, "Well, tough kind of thing." And then he has to wrestle in like you know his suit pants or whatever. Yeah, I would have preferred that because then he had to go backstage to then get changed to come out to do his entrance. And what they wanted him to do was to have his entrance because he didn't get one in the in the opening bit, which makes sense. I get it, but also I feel like it would have served the story a bit better if he had to stay out there. And then yeah, the Darby and Singh stuff I think probably would have been better later in the show. But these are these are very it's minor mi criticisms. It's minor criticisms. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really, it really matter doesn't at the matter. end of the day. Because actually, I really enjoyed the stuff. I am the only person on this planet that isn't Steve and/or Larson that enjoys the Andrade stuff with Sting and Darby <laughs> Allen. Like I know you and Tempo aren't massively into it in the Rampage fine, review. I know, like, but I I think it's great. It's all right. I love how rinky-dink Matt Hardy's operation is that they're having their meetings in like stairwells. Yeah. I think it look makes it looks proper stupid. I think Andrade's performance is so great. The fact that he calls him Mr. Sting. Yeah. And how he thinks that Darby is his son yeah. or that he works for Sting. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is really, really funny. And I think this is this is way better Andrade stuff than he was doing. And that's a very low bar. I, I was going to say, say, yeah, when, it is better. But... Since Andrade came in, this is a very low bar. It's way better stuff that he's been doing. I've been quite enjoying it. He said he wants a TNT title. That is the key to this. Is that Darby said, look, I'm not going to work for you. I want to focus on winning back the TNT Championship. And Andrade sort of paused and was like, well, maybe I'll win the TNT Championship because that's a way to get to Derby. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really, really nice touch. Andrade going for the TNT title, in for it. Uh, then Wardlow very... Wardlow didn't quickly beat the Blade. No. It was... It's probably... It is, I think it is Wardlow's longest match mm -hmm. in AEW to... No, maybe not. No, because he, he also had the cage match with Cody. I will, I will right? correct myself. It's his longest squash match to date. Yes. Uh, because yeah. the blade got in a little bit of offense they went through a commercial break not the most exciting stuff the crowd were quite quiet for it but then as soon as the powerbomb symphony started massive eruption for it i'll say i quite enjoyed watching wardlow sell mm. because he hasn't done a lot of it lately and i thought he looked very good selling which is reassuring yeah because you know if he's just a guy that can only do offense when he gets into bigger matches and stuff then that's going to be less exciting but he can sell i thought he was a very effective seller it's when he has a more psychologically driven match down in the future that bodes well, I think. I've uh, got a video promo for Pentagon Jr., who is looking to be bringing in Penta Dark from... Penta Oscuro. From uh, Lucha Underground. Love it. Exciting. I'm, in I'm intrigued. And we got the Inner Circle team meeting. Thank God Santana and Ortiz were out there. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> My first note for this was, Hey, it's Jake Hager. I haven't seen him in ages. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. <laughs> so, you know, attendance was mandatory or whatever bollocks sure. you know, like whatever it is with the yeah, circle yeah, yeah. and stuff like no one outside of jericho cares about this um I, and i was like i am into this storyline because i'm into santana and ortiz and that, and that is pretty much where it, and, and eddie kingston and really yes. that is where it begins and ends yeah so jericho is a heel again he has been the baby face for well since the inner circle turned baby face um, that was against the pinnacle, right? That yeah, was when was MJF betrayed him, right? Exactly. Yes, we've been sure. babyface for about for about a year or so, maybe maybe less than a year. He's just back to being a heel again, mm -hmm. I think. Yep. 
I'm pretty sure he is. Like, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. the influencer gimmick is very much a heel shtick. This was very much a heel shtick through this whole promo. Because he's talking to Santana and Ortiz about how, like, you robbed the fans, the paying fans of seeing Chris Jericho wrestle, like, which is a 100% heel thing to do. Exactly. And, like, you know, but also, and you were mentioning earlier, he's a heel who is right because mm -hmm. Santana and Ortiz have gotten better opportunities in AEW by being associated with Jericho than perhaps not being. So there is some some niceness to Jericho's uh, stuff that he's doing here. Yeah, and I think it was, you know, Santana and Ortiz's uh, main gripe. They came up by themselves, not in the inner circle gear with their with their little jackets. Um, but uh, they came out and were just like, look, we've, we haven't had our opportunities that we deserve in AEW because we've been dragged into this inner circle stuff. And the inner circle was only ever about Chris Jericho. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, they're right. And then Chris Jericho says, you've had an AEW world title shot and you lost. That's not my and fault. It wasn't, it wasn't because of me. And it wasn't because of me. You lost, had nothing to do with me. You've had your opportunities. I'm like, yeah, he's kind of right. So like both of them were right in this in this scenario. And I think that I'm more on Santana and Ortiz's side because I want to see him do more. And we've been saying for ages that like, when's it going to be their time? Because they keep yeah, exactly. getting dragged into a circle feuds. And it's, it's made me think now that it's all it's all been by design. I I, I am I'm so. I'm almost willing to forgive like Jericho does do a lot of long term storytelling. Sure, that because they were going to start this feud with the Lucha Bros, then got dragged into Inner Circle's feud with America mm. Top Team. There is a part of me I don't think I'm fully wedded to this um, that it has all been by design that that, that Santana and Ortiz keep getting dragged away from their own pursuits to do Jericho storylines for the last year to build to this point here where they're now going to leave the group. I, I do think there is an argument to be made that it was done on purpose, but as I said, not 100% went into that idea. I personally don't buy it. Mm -hmm. I think that AEW is just good at reactive storytelling. It's also very true. And that they, they have seen that there's a natural story there, and they go, okay, we'll run with that. You know, when they had last minute, we're going to bring in Jay White onto the show. How's that going to work on this thing? Oh, we'll include it into the Elite stuff, and it's actually going to fit really well. Them planning to bring Jay White in was not a thing, but it just fits so well, and they put it straight into the show. They made it part of the diversion of Keith Lee and all that stuff. I think they're just good at reactive storytelling. I think, yeah, that, I, I, yeah, I totally buy that. I think that's a very good point. Uh, I think Jericho had a really nice line here when he was like, you know, when I brought you into the inner circle, I should have I got the wrong members of LAX. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a really nice line. Then to go nice, to JK, yeah. goes like, hey, have you got Homicide and Hernandez's number? Love that because mm -hmm. I am an LAX mark. <laughs> And LAX were my favorite tag team mm -hmm. of all time in TNA history until the new version of LAX. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so, I mean, they you, are just better, aren't they? They are. Like, yeah. when they first came in, it's like, it's new LAX. I was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, new LAX. Get out. Not yeah. having that. Oh, man, they're actually way better. Yeah. Like, this it never happens. Like, the new Rock and Roll Express, mm -hmm. like, LOD 2000. Like, it's always a crap version that's hey man, new. Roppongi 3K. Come on. They're great. Actually, Roppongi 3K <laughs> is, is actually a really good example. Good. That is a really, really good example of that. But yeah, I was initially dismissive. Like, no. Yeah. Actually, they're way better. Also, I hope if, if they do leave, I hope Diamante comes back with them. Mm. I'd love to see them together as an actor. Cool. That'd be yeah. wicked. Um, but basically, the crux of this is that Santana and came out to their own music. Yes. Which got no reaction because I don't think anyone's ever heard it before. I think that was that was the point. Yeah. Is they're starting to get them familiar with Santana and Ortiz's entrance because they're going to split yeah. from Inner Circle. And Sammy also leaves the group as well mm -hmm. because he's sick of seeing the infighting and he wants to focus on being the TNT champion. This was after Sammy had his fantastic line of Santana and Jericho getting in each other's face and Sammy coming to be like, hey, stop. 
Stop, guys. We're a fa- guys. Stop. Oh, stop it. What? We're a family. Stop, guys. Stop, family. Guys, we're family. Stop, guys. Yeah. It's like Sammy, <laughs> say something else. <laughs> yeah, I, some of the. I thought Santana was great. I thought was. Ortiz was great. Yep, Jericho had some really good lines in there he as did. well. Um, I'm just really looking forward to Eddie Kingston kicking the crap out of him at Revolution. That'd be fun. I think Jericho's probably going to win, but I'm really pulling for Kingston. Yeah, same. Yeah, please give me Kingston. Um. Then we got uh, another talking segment backstage. This was the Jay White debut. So Rapongi mm. Vice will kind of this promo. Young Bucks come in. I've missed seeing the Young Bucks. Really, really have. And that's actually one of AEW's great strengths mm-hmm. is you have a group on TV for a while and then you take them off TV for a while then you put them back on TV and you've missed them. And I know Miro is out with injury at the moment, but when Miro comes back, I'd have missed Miro. One of the greatest things in wrestling history some of the best moments are returns and debuts those are the two big things when everyone's like oh you know it's the glass shattering and stone cold coming out or it's the royal rumble where this big entrance happened or whatever it may be right AEW naturally has them because they just cycle in and out their talent so you start missing people so when kenny omega comes back that's going to be a huge return you know or even people that you know aren't injured and don't need to go off they just cycle them they give them time off they give them time to heal which is great for more long-term um future of their company they can protect their talents a lot better and then like you said when they come back i'm going to have missed these guys so when they come in they go oh i'm so invested into this person because i've missed them i just want to see him wrestle again it's fantastic. It's a fantastic way to run your company. Like I have, I feel like I haven't seen the Young Bucks wrestle in ages. I know, right? So I've really missed watching them in ring. So I'm now really looking forward to Rampage. And then mm-hmm. the, I know they were meant to have the match with the Rapongi Vice a few weeks back, but it got cancelled because of COVID, right? Yeah. So they attack them. And then, as we talked about earlier, Jay White shows up. And later on in the show, there's a, another promo between the three of them. And the Young Bucks talking about going after the tag titles again. And they're going to start that by being Rapongi three by uh, Rapongi Vice, and then Matt looks at uh, Cole and he's just like, "Do you know what? Like a little text message, you know, just to say that you're bringing Jay White into this because I don't know if you know, but like him and Kenny, they don't get on. Mm-hmm. Like they are mortal enemies. Like they are like they're bitter enemies." And Cole's like, "That's fine. Like it's absolutely fine. You know, because once you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life." Yep. Are we going to see the Young Bucks go back into Bullet Club? I I don't know, honestly. But whatever this story is of Adam Cole, I am so, so into it. it. I'm so curious. I like this entire thing. They are Adam Cole's subtle storytelling. Not Adam Cole specifically, but the booking surrounding him. The subtle story that's been building this whole time. It's the kind of thing where you don't realize what's happening. Granted, if if you're a more casual viewer, because we dissect these shows probably too much, but if you're a casual viewer, you've noticed that Kenny Omega's gone off and Adam Cole has been like, yeah, I'm with the elite, we'll do whatever. And you glance, you go back a few months. Adam Cole now has such a presence, a stronghold over the elite. And he's brought in Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley, And now he's brought in Jay White. And he's going for the AEW World Championship. He's got, he's got a stronghold over the elite. And he's just running the whole thing in Kenny's absence. I cannot wait for Kenny to come back and confront Adam Cole be like um i'm the guy that runs the elite thank you very much yeah step down mate so yeah i'm interested in that kenny coming back and having a match with jay white should yep. that happen yep. like i'm so curious to see what jay is going to do mm-hmm. in aew and how this connects to the the wider picture and things i don't 
I honestly don't know if he's going to stick around in AEW that much. Oh, I no, would, no. I wouldn't be surprised if they mentioned he was going to be there on Rampage because they said, you know, for, for the Young Bucks match, Adam Cole was saying, you know, if you need so, if you need someone to, to have you back, Jay White's going to be there on Rampage. So, you know, you can have him kind of thing. So I think he's probably going to be at ringside in their match on, on, on Friday for Rampage. Um, but... I don't know if he's actually going to come back at all after that. It might just be like a little like, hey, I can bring Jay White in. And it can be a thing like, you brought Jay White to AEW. Why did you do that kind of thing? Like Kenny can be pissed off that Jay White was even here. Not that he's like continued to be there, I you think, know? I think you need to do something with it. I, 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 I'd I, love for him to do stuff. Yeah, I'm I, just saying from a, a logistics standpoint, I don't think he will. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff with Impact recently. Mm -hmm. So yes. I think there is definitely scope for him to be doing like, you know, uh, several appearances, pay-per-view mm -hmm. matches, this, that, and the other. Like, I don't yeah. think it's, you know, he is not all elite. He is not signed with no. the company. But I think him being sort of like a special guest appearance on things. And there's just some really interesting stuff here because what I like about this story, man, we've got we're 50 minutes into the show. And we've, I was about to say, we are we've got overrunning massively. This is going to be a long show. Apologies, Denise. The show we are going to record after this is going to be late. Um, we so, like to talk. Yeah, we do like to talk. So um, what I like about this Adam Cole thing is <laughs> Matt and Nick made the point that Cole, like Jay White and Kenny Omega's dissension happened when Adam Cole wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So, there is a kayfabe explanation that Adam Cole didn't know. Mm -hmm. Hey, I wasn't there. I I was out at Bullet Club when they go were having their discussion. I didn't know that those two didn't get on. Mm -hmm. There's also a kayfabe thing to say that he does know. Of course he and, does. And he's done it on purpose. Of course but he has. But he's got that excuse. Yep. And he's got that reason to be like, guys, I didn't know I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I, I'm so, so curious mm -hmm. where it's going to go next. I love yep. it. Love the whole story. So into it. Then we got Keith Lee, which was perfect. Vasco's glory. Baker and uh, Rosa and um, Mercedes Martinez cut promos for their no DQ match next week. Really glad that that is on Dynamite. Mm, same. I think we are setting up for Rosa versus Baker at Revolution, which I'm very into. Good. And then we got FTR versus CM Punk and his mystery partner. Now, now who did you think it was going to be? Okay. So I didn't know because I thought I'd worked myself into a bit of a shoot thinking that I was like, okay, they've already done Jay White on this show. They've done Keith Lee on this show. There's a bunch of other people that had their releases. This could just be someone completely new coming in. And I was like, who would make sense? None of them, but maybe it could be anyway. You know, bring in, bring in Killer Cross. Bring in Swerve. I don't know, bring in anyone. Um, and, and none of them really made sense. And then right before the person's music hit, I was like, why have he picked Wardlow? Oh, I'm really, really interested. And I was like, why have Seamog just picked Wardlow and Wardlow just like had the match? I was like, I don't know if that would work. Maybe that's not the big like reveal turn moment that you want for Wardlow, but I thought that would have been quite cool. But then we got the music and I was really happy with the choice they made. Yeah, I had two thoughts. Mm. Samoa Joe. Like that, oh, that would have made so much sense. That's that's what I yeah. saw. Like Joe was the first name that came into my head. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. something about like you know, there's no one's backstage that you haven't mm -hmm. got any friends or anything like yeah. that. And yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. I thought Matt Samoa Joe would make sense, but yeah. then I thought I talked to myself out of it because I was like, we've just done Jay White, mm -hmm. just done Keith Lee. Yeah, I don't think you would do a third big debut mm -hmm. on this show. Did you watch All Out? <laughs> they can do they can do loads <laughs> of debuts, Luke. You're, oh, you're absolutely right. Pete. <laughs> so then I thought it's Danhausen. Oh my god. <laughs> So I then thought, I was like, it's going to be Danhausen. Yeah. Dan has not come out. But then I was like, I don't think Danhausen's still injured. I mean, the chat might be able to update me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's Danhausen. Yeah. Um, I did not see John Moxley coming whatsoever. John Moxley was revealed to be the mystery partner. 
and he came out to a monster ovation. It was so good. This was nuts. This was like on another level. This is like, I mean, we're, we're evidence of this earlier when we were talking about potential opponents for Keith Lee. When you don't realize you want something until someone mentions it and you go, oh my God, yes, that's so good. When John Moxley came out, I was like, yeah, him teaming with Punk is amazing. That's a great idea. So yeah, I, it was such a great reaction. I literally, <laughs> I was writing in FTR versus CM Punk and, and then I left the gap. And then the music, I was like, John Moxley? And I did like loads of question marks afterwards. So I was like, oh my God, that's a great idea. Also, I, I thought it, it fit so well. Also, they're both loners. Yeah, 100%. Moxley's whole deal in AEW is he's been an island unto himself, only letting in Eddie Kingston. And this is something that I don't necessarily think that AEW's thought about. But, you know, art's subjective. And you can take from it what you want and all that stuff. I like the fact that they're both guys that got burnt out by WWE. And yeah. then decided, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else because I can't uh, take being here anymore. I'm going to go carve my own path. And then they ended up in AEW. I just think that's great. That is actually very nice as well. Yeah. I, and I, I think it adds... There's another layer to this as well when you factor in the Danielson stuff from last week of is this Moxley testing out... What is it like to team with someone else right like i don't know if that is the story they were mm -hmm. telling but it was some headcanon that i was putting into yeah. this as well which is fun as a wrestling fan yeah. and then they have a yeah brilliant <laughs> match <laughs> get those swear jars out get the swear jar ready oh, man. this match was brilliant it was so good because the thing is i was like oh yeah john moxley that's great yeah teaming with cm punk that's a great idea and then i looked again and i was like Wait, it's CM Punk and John Moxley versus FTR. This is amazing. This is like a dream match. And oh my God, this was so much fun. They got a lot of time in this match. Didn't which they was, just? Oh, and this was pay-per-view caliber stuff. I didn't think it would go this long. Either. Nor did I. Because they'd announced Jade Cargill's got a match. Mm -hmm. They announced that uh, Serena Deeb has got a match. Yeah. And you've got a world title match in the main event. I yeah. was like, man, this match isn't going to go long. And it did. Yeah. And then that made me go like, man, that world title match isn't getting any time. And it, and did. it did. I don't know how AEW managed this every single week. Because <laughs> they have picture-in-picture -picture ad breaks. They get so much more time. <laughs> oh, man um god this match was so good there was so much fantastic storytelling it's the classic ftr formula don't let them tag yeah. don't let them oh tag. my god i love don't it i love it tag. i love it i love it it's such good psychological storytelling and every single time i swear i've seen a lot of ftr matches by this point i swear every single ftr match they find a new way to try and stop the person from tagging and this time there was such a great one where uh, Moxie was going to tag Punk. So Dax went around the apron to goad Punk into attacking him away from the corner so he wasn't there to get the tag. He just sacrificed himself and be like, yeah, come beat me up, Punk. It means you won't get the tag. It's just... Oh, they're so clever. And for Mox, Punk wasn't there. Punk wasn't there. Punk right? wasn't there to be tagged in, yeah. right? Like, so that is, you know, a, a partner being like, let me down. Or oh, maybe I don't want to go into this Danielson mm -hmm. thing. Like, so there's just some really interesting stuff in this. I thought all four men knocked it out of the park. Yeah. CM Punk had to muscle Tully Blanchard up to hit the GT. <laughs> oh, he did not want to go out there. I was going to say, he went to hit Tully. It felt like they had planned the spot where Punk was going to hit Tully with the GTS. And the second it happened, Tully was like, oh, ah. I'm, I'm 100 years old. Maybe we shouldn't do this. And CM Punk was like, too bad, old man. Here's my knee in your face. It's knees to faces time. Yeah. It was a wild brawl. They went all over the building. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it went in a long time. And I loved every single freaking second of this. Yeah. To the point, and this is how great this match was. You know, you walk you into this match, you're like, well, Punk's got to win to get his rematch with MJF. He's probably going to win because yes. they're selling the MJF story, get to Revolution, bad, bad, bad. 
there were so many near falls in this match where I was like, oh my God, they're going to beat Punk again. Mm -hmm. And they're going to extend this story out. I really bought into some of FTR's near falls on this. It was tremendous. They had a, a ring bell spot at the side so into good. a brain buster. Yeah. Brilliant so near fall. Which was how they won the AAA tag titles. Exactly. Oh yeah. my God. They, so had, um, they had the big rig, which uh, Moxley broke up, which yep. was great. Just, oh, so much good stuff. I'd also like to point out that I think I'm in love with Cash Wheeler. Thank you. I love that man. Thank you so much. He's Another person aboard the cash train. Oh my God. He's so good. Him in the opening segment when he came out, him and Dax linking arms and him coming out as if he was the valet and doing the waves. And then like he, he shook the hand of MGF's like cardboard cutout. He's just so funny. I love Cash so much. My wife was in the room during this match. Mm. Her comment was, it's too long. Come on! She doesn't like wrestling. No, but I, I turned to her and I've said because I've said this in the podcast a lot. Cash Wheeler has got my ideal body type. Like yeah. if I could have, if I could have any body type, it would be it. It's a big barrel of a man. Yes. Like that. And my wife looked at me and said, "You will never look like that." <laughs> And I was she, like, like, I know. I mean, she's not wrong, but... Like, I know that. She's yeah. Like, no, I'm just saying, if you try to put on muscle, you'd probably look more like CM Punk. I was like, I don't think I'd ever look that good either. Yeah, no. But I would exactly like it. to look like that barrel of a man. Yeah. I love this match. My note exactly was, uh, like, dang, it was messy, but I loved that match. Mm, so, so good. So good. Yep. Uh, Jade Cargill quickly beat... Uh, no, actually, again, this wasn't... It wasn't, a wasn't quick. It was, a, it was another long squash match mm -hmm. against the debuting AQA, who is also formerly of NXT. I believe so. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but she was another one of the releases. Um, I don't want to get it wrong, so like, I won't say. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I can't. Uh, apologies. I'll just get it wrong. Yeah. She's debuting here. I don't know if she's officially signed mm -hmm. uh, to AEW because I haven't seen the All Elite graphic. Uh, but I, I thought this was a really, really... Like, she looked great. She's yeah. got a wonderful shooting star press. Very good. Yeah. And I love the fact they let her hit it as well. Mm -hmm. And so they let her hit it. And then, you know, this and the other. And she goes up for the second one. And that's how Jade gets her out. Yeah. Jade hitting Tour of the Islands mm. was wonderful. It was really good. It was Zeta Ramirez. Uh, thank Zeta, Zeta Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah. I, I thought it was, but I didn't want to say I didn't want to say it just in case I was yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Her Tour of the Islands, man, mm. was Rad. So good. She drilled her into the mat. So, so, so good. good. Also, Jade Cargill on TBS, defending the TBS championship. And then, Pete, we got a second women's match on the show. What? <laughs> what is this? Two? What is this? Raw in 2016? I'm seeing double here. <laughs> Four, Four women's <laughs> matches. <laughs> Guys, there was a second women's match on this show. That's crazy When talk. they put the graphic up for it, yeah. I thought, one of those ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Bull, don't buy it. And she fold her mouth and be like, don't buy that. <laughs> one of them ain't happening. But it did. Serena yeah. Deeb beat Katie Arquette in under a minute in her new gimmick, which is a, a five-minute rookie match. Uh, I think that we are going to be lead. I don't think I'm like out of the woods or anything. I think a lot of people are probably thinking this. This will probably lead to another debut. You can make the argument mm -hmm. that like coming in with a zero zero record makes you a rookie in AEW. Ember Moon. That's what I was going to say. Like Athena yeah. Ember Moon coming in was like the perfect. Or maybe me again. Can see that. Me well. Yim's a really good shout as well. Yeah. But yeah, like that, the first person to beat Serena. I'd like them to be brought in by Hikaru Shida as well. That'd be nice. Yeah, because Hikaru Shida can't do the match because she is not a rookie. Yes. But Hikaru Shida bringing in someone to be like, to kind of screw over uh, Serena Deeb and mm -hmm. then you can do the Shida Deeb match, I think would be a lot good. And even then, you don't have to beat Deeb. You just have to go longer than the five minutes. And I think that you could totally do that and you could have Deeb afterwards be like, you're not a rookie. That it didn't count. Yeah. You know, like. Chat saying Tony Storm. 
Tony Storm's great shout. That's a great shout yep. right there. Love it, love it, love it. So two women's matches, and both were real good. They were. Uh, the Ass Boys cut a promo on Jurassic Express. If you're not down with that, we got two words for you. New champs. You love the Ass Boys. <clears throat> uh, and then, if this episode wasn't stacked enough already <laughs> with the MJF stuff, mm-hmm. the Inner Circle teaming, Keith Lee debut, the Jay White debut, that incredible tag match, and two Canon two women's matches. We had, excuse me, a kick ass AEW World Championship match. My interest level going into this was diddly dick. Yep. Because I did not buy Lance Archer beating Hangman Page one iota. No. Granted, that's not the worst thing in the world. He is a filler feud. But my my more my bigger beef with it is the crowd aren't buying into it. And that is more of a problem, I guess, for this than anything else. But for me, at least, anyway. But Christmas Day, this match ruled. This was so much fun. This was great. It started off as a brawl in the back. It's a Texas death match. You can only win by submission or TKO. Mm -hmm. And they brawled through the... They brawled backstage. And they get onto the stage. And Hangman yeets the lad through some glass. You can't Mm -hmm. say yeet because he didn't properly yeet. Not like a Keith Lee. He just literally threw him through some glass. Sure. Yeah. And so Lance Archer, already bleeding. Yes. Already, I love the match. Great. And then Hangman hits the buckshot straight away. And mm. Hangman, and then Archer goes down, gets just back up at nine. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so into this match. Mm-hmm. And then Dan Lambert comes out and he unscrews the top turnbuckles so the, the top rope falls. And I was like, oh, he's eliminated the buckshot, which is Archer's weakness. Yeah, legitimately. Like he started undoing the, the top rope. And I was like, wait, what's he? Why is he undoing the top rope? I mean, I'm like, you know, I guess it looks more chaotic if the top ropes come undone. I don't know what's going on here. And then the commentary were like, I think he might be, he might be taking away Hangman's box shot. And I was like, genius. Yeah. God. Oh yeah. God. So I, good. Absolutely. And then both men juiced because. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God. Hangman. Hangman oh my God. bled a gusher so in this. They set up some tables on the outside to be Chekhov's tables. Mm. They did. Lo- they went all over the place. The crowd popped so huge for him stabbing him in the head with the fork, doing the Abbey spots. The crowd went ballistic for Jake Roberts doing the short arm clothesline and then teasing the DDT, DDT. And like the crowd were going nuts for it, and Lance stopped him doing the DDT, mm-hmm. and the crowd booed him, and then Hangman hit the DDT. Is that like, oh, this is amazing? I absolutely so loved this match. Lance Archer then tips up the ring steps onto its side, right? Gets up on the apron and goes up for a blackout. And I was like, well, he's not hitting this. That was that was <laughs> <absolutely> <laughs> ridiculous. And then he just hit it, and I was like, oh my god, Hangman, please stop. And the exact same thing. I was like, yeah. well, he's not going to do that, is he? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's cool that you're setting up for the spot, but you know, oh my god, he did it! <laughs> and the bump that hang, like, he just bounced off just a bit. Like, bounced off zero steps. give to that. Oh, oh my, my god. god, it was sickening. Yeah, upturned steps, hitting the blackout off the apron onto them. Disgusting <laughs> it was. I was rereading my notes, but blackout on the upturned steps, F and L, Christ on an effing bike. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, he stabs him with the fork, doing the Abbey, the butcher spots, and like licking it and stuff. You yeah. sick F chance. And I wrote my notes here. I bet Pete's not having a fun time with this match. I'm having such fun! I'm so glad to see, because I know you've been like this with some violence in the time. See, the thing is, violence is okay. Don't do chair shots to the head. No. That's my thing. That's that's when I'm like, ah, that's taken me out of that now. Okay, yeah. cool. That's fair. But this was fun. This was a lot of fun. So, we get to the, the conclusion of this match. This 
excellent, excellent world title match. Mm. Love this match. And Hangman gets barbed wire wrapped around his arm, right? And he starts forearming Lance in the head. And Lance is sort of like toppling backwards towards the two tables that are set up outside. And I was thinking to myself, right, and then he'll do the buckshot and then he'll hit him with the barbed wire clothesline. And that's how you finish the match. I was like, how are you going to do the buckshot without the, the top rope? And then Hangman takes the barbed wire off his arm. And I was like, huh, I really thought they would do that. And he drops on the floor. The referee bends down to move the barbed wire that Hangman did. And Hangman does the buckshot lariat off the referee's back, <laughs> clatters with Lance. They go through the table and I lost my mind. My wife was trying to tell me a story about uh, a song she's singing to my child and I just <laughs> screamed over her. Because <laughs> I'm a terrible father. And I'm a terrible husband. <laughs> she was telling me this story and then he did that. And I went, oh my God, the buckshot! <laughs> What an innovative finish! I loved it so so much, and then I said to him, "I was like, I'm so sorry." Yeah, I was like, I was like, you literally just saw me mark out. Yeah, that was, that was proper marking out. Look, the box shot's a bit silly. All right, no, it's not. It's no, bit, it's, it's not. A bit Pete. Silly. No, it's not the talk he gets. Pete. The <laughs> talk he gets. It's a lariat. Let's be. It's like the rainmaker. It's it's a lariat. That's what it is. But having the extra thing of having to do the flip to get into it, it just it talk. made this spot <laughs> for the talk. It just made this spot so brilliant. I loved it it's so my, much. It's my second favorite buckshot after one he did over the bar and the stadium stampede <laughs> yeah. at Double or Nothing a couple of years ago. This is this was an awesome match. It also it's it's um, uh, Hanger's third title match now, and the third time he has been put through the ringer he sure has. for a title match. The hour long yeah. draw with Danielson, mm -hmm. the brawl with Danielson in the rematch, and then this. Brutal match here. Like the commentary were like, man, this is one of the most brutal matches we've had in AEW. We've had like a history of really brutal mm. matches. That's the story they're telling here is that Hanger is putting himself through the ringer here. Is that going to be his downfall against Adam Cole? Because he's going into like Adam Cole comes out at the end of this match and essentially says, I am your next challenger. So that looks like that's our revolution match, right? Is he going into that match now at a massive disadvantage? Because of the matches he's had. Adam Cole has been having matches, but it's been against Evil Uno. It's been against, mm -hmm. you know, Orange Cassidy and things like that. Yeah. Hanger's been, like, battering himself to be this fighting champion. Is that going to be his downfall? It very well might be, honestly. And the thing is, with the, the cycle that they do with their, with their wrestlers, like we were talking about earlier, I could see Hangman going a bit nuts and putting on these absolute bangers of matches and completely destroying himself, dropping the belt at Revolution, and then taking time off and just recovering Maybe, after yeah. that. I could totally see that happening. So, Maybe, I mean, a six-month reign? It's fine. With, with three title defenses? Like, it doesn't like, feel like an it doesn't feel like an epic title run. I'm not sure it's going to be six months by that point. Was but it, he went at the end of November? No, it's four months. Four months. Yeah, yeah. Like a four-month reign? Like, like it's the not, shortest one in AEW It, it will definitely be the shortest one. And the thing is, I could totally see it going either way. I could totally yeah. see it being Adam Cole's first proper loss, not including the one against Orange Cassidy. Um... Because that could play into the story of, of that. I could also totally see Adam Cole winning because that plays into his story with the Elite and Kenny all Omega. That and Kenny all that Omega. Yeah. I could also see, you know, Hangman, has, as Ollie keeps mentioning, he's better chasing the belt. He's the, the babyface reigns. He's been putting on bangers of matches, but the stories have been a bit... Mm. I'm hoping this is going to be the first great story because I, I, think hope the, so. I think the Hangman one, sorry, the Danielson one started great. The matches were awesome. Yes, they were. But I don't think the story, like, 
fully connected the way that some of us would have liked. Yes. I, I, I don't think. But the matches were stellar. And mm-hmm. I think the same thing with this Lance Archer thing. The story hasn't been great, but the match was stellar. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that here we get a great storyline and a stellar match out yes. of it as well, which I think those two together, 100% I can I can see. Yeah. Ollie Davis is just forum and Twitter trolls in 2015 that were like, I don't know why the bullet cloak keep pushing Adam Page. <laughs> in all fairness that's what we were all saying at the time yep we were all everyone was like why do they keep pushing hangman page mm. like I, I get he's fine and everything what fools we were yeah this I is why he is the best yeah right that was the show took us a long time to review it yep sorry about that no nope, Ra- I, I don't mind five out of five mate the community have agreed with that as well 80 80 percent of our audience <laughs> we're a five out of five all elite 13 percent that is 93% of our audience Goodness thought me. it was a 4 out of 5 and above show. Um, I think they're wrong. It's a 7 out of 5 show. Absolutely. It had Keith Lee on it. Oh 7 out of 5. This show ruled. Yeah. Absolutely ruled. I loved every single second. Yeah. Perfect stuff. Wonderful show. Right, let's give a quick shout out to our $25 and above Patreon Pledge Hammers. We've got some cool uh, cool stuff coming up on Patreon very soon. The Team Danuk mailbag show will be up. I uh, don't know if I'm actually going to get to record that with Denise today because she's got some stuff to do. So we may have to do that on a different day next week. Um, but we're also recording our review of No Way Out 2009. Myself and Ollie Davis will be going up next week. That should be out by next Friday. And if you are one of our $25 and above Pledge Hammers or more, you get yourself a cool nickname and some Hall of Fame music that no, sounds a little bit like this. Don't preface that saying cool nickname. It might not be cool, <laughs> but it is a wrestling nickname, and that's the important bit. No, it's cool. Yeah. Like Vito Ventura, Pet Detective. That's some good karma. Good dharma. Who wants to walk with Daniel Elias Chrysler? Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Angelic Angelo Magado. Michael Jensen Radio. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Ari and Shifra, the booze awaits. You'll never get this name right, you idiot, Matthew Zimjewski. This is some kind of Patreon shoutout, Nate drops surname. Uncanny Manny. And finally, for this Hall of Fame class of the 10th of February 2022, forgot the date. Nailed it. Meticulous Michaela Trowell. Thank you all so much for backing us on Patreon. We love every single one of you. Right, let's get through the rest of your ultra chats because I bet you have got a bunch of stuff to say. Yes, you do. Uh, we're kicking things off uh, on the elite Switchblade J White stuff. Christopher Jazz. Oh no, we haven't. We? Oh my no, god, we've got a bunch of stuff no, that's coming for Keith the Lee. Keith Lee stuff. Yeah. Uh, Peter Mullins said, "My favorite thing about the Keith Lee debut, other than seeing how high you can lob Isaiah Cassidy, how excited he made Jr. Look at this kid. It's a young Mark Henry. How strong is he? Good God Almighty! All that sort of stuff. Very good." Uh, Michaela Traub. Michaela Traub. Hey. Uh, hi, friends. First time seeing Keith Lee wrestle, and I am impressed. Any criticism I can possibly give is that Mia wasn't there too. 
Takes three minutes to read through the men's roster and 30 seconds to me uh, read through the women's. Congrats, Keith. That is a, a great point. Actually. That's true. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if they should necessarily be paired together on screen, nope. but I could totally see Mia joining the company in a bit. Maybe she's going to go somewhere else, though. She might not be in AW. Jensen Renwick, Keith Lee rocks. Yes, he does. And you rock as well for being a member for the last six months. Anonymous says, uh, I really hope that when Keith becomes AEW champion, AEW sign Brock Lesnar, and then he gets to face him after that Royal Rumble. I really wanted to see that one-on-one. -on -one. When do you think Keith becomes champion? Will he beat Cole again for the title? I don't need to see Keith Lee as AEW champion like instantly. I don't really need to see him as TNT champion instantly. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy to see him there. Yeah, I'd like to see him as TNT champion. I think that's a really good place for him. Uh, I honestly, I don't need to see him as AEW world champion anytime soon. I think no. there's, a, there's a lot of people that could line up for that title. If he's one of them, fantastic. I love Keith Lee. I'd love to see him in that spot, but I don't need him there. He Not... can put on fantastic matches wherever he is on the card. Absolutely. Uh, the legit underboss can't wait to see Keith Lee manage Adam Cole on BTE. One hundred percent. I yes. love that so much. The turn yes. going in Raw as well. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat said, "My entire town knows Jay White showed up because of how loud I yelled. I think he's the first current main roster to show up in AEW from New Japan. Our main eventer." Kenta um, from New Japan. I can't wait to see where this goes. White versus Danielson now, please. Breathe with the mother effing switchblade. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens with Knife Perverts. Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't know if we're going to... Like, I'd love to see him in Danielson, but yeah. I don't know how long he's sticking around for. I, I could see Jay White just doing elite Bullet Club stuff and then we'll see where we go from there. 100%, yeah. Laxim Ham, Narasim Ham B. I think Cole biding his time with the Bucks, gathering allies in O'Fish... Uh, uh, O'Fish. <laughs> oh, it's been a long show. O'Reilly yeah. Fish, Jay White, eventually will turn the elite as revenge for what they did to him. When Omega returns, it could be Cole's faction, probably not officially Bullet Club, versus the elites. Paragon, right? That was the, the yeah. rumored thing. Harrison Earl. So what we're saying is Bucks and Omega versus the Undisputed Era versus White and G.O.D. Three-way blood in guts might as well throw finn and good bros in there oh. while we're at it also cash wheeler is the most handsomest man in wrestling isn't he just though he's great uh handsomest yeah keith lee's there that's true come on uh ftr is the greatest tag team of all time it's not hyperbole uh, hyperbole hyperbole uh amon says just a thought how good of a story would it be if uh, before Omega left, when he had that segment with the Bucks and Cole, he said, I'm going to watch the match back and assess, telling viewers that he might have seen Matt give Hangman the nod of approval. I like the fact that he didn't. Mm -hmm. So he can come back into it and that is something we can, we can watch him see like in person. Yeah. Like we can watch him like find that out uh, together. Mm -hmm. And Keith Lloyd says, America causes Cole to America? It's been a long time. <laughs> America, no, uh, Omega causes Cole to lose a revolution bucket. I wouldn't want him to cause a distraction finish. I would want Hangman to beat Cole clean, and then Kenny comes out afterwards to confront Cole post-match. I, I would like love that, that personally. Uh, JXJ, another thing you can say for Cole is forming the Bullet Club in AEW. What if when Kenny returns, his stand is, you broke us apart, and now I'm bringing us back without you. Hmm. That's quite nice. Interesting. Uh, I'll hot tag over. Absolutely. Um, on the subject of CM Punk, MGF, Wardlow, and Mox, uh, the Guilty Hat said, maybe a controversial opinion, but I really have no interest in seeing Punk versus MGF again anytime soon. Last week was brilliant, and it should have ended there. I'd be much more interested in a triple threat for the world title with MGF, Cole, and Hangman. I was a, I was with you until that final point. Okay. I don't think he needs because MJF isn't involved in that story. No, he's he said he wants to be a world champion, but then CM Punk came out. So. Yeah, 
Um, Lakshmi Narasimhan B said uh, the Punk match was also awesome Punk has, uh, has had a solid outing with a great Eddie Kingston match but the MJF match seems to have unlocked some wrestling Super Saiyan stuff uh, speaking of Kingston reckon he would have gone WTF marks backstage well, you can go watch our interview that we did with Kingston last Friday where he talked about his reaction to Mox's chat with Brian Danielson mm. spoiler Eddie Kingston don't like many people no and Danielson's one of them uh, on the subject of Hangman and Lance Archer <laughs> Uh, Jared Hazelwood says uh, Archer's match uh, with Kaz makes more sense if you look back at his matches they are all about overkill he doesn't know when to put the match away when it's won most of his major losses came from not doing this and a babyface takes the advantage that's an excellent point Jared I hadn't picked up on that I think the commentary maybe do a better job of putting mm. that over but yeah I, that is something that I have missed hmm uh, Meng says, uh, as much as I love Mox and Punk together, I got quite annoyed to see them beat FTR, who's supposed to be the best tag team in the world, especially in the same program where Santana and Ortiz talking about playing second fiddle to Jericho. I do get that. Yeah, yeah I hear that point. I understand, because, yeah, one of my common criticisms is, you know, two singles guys shouldn't beat uh, an established tag team. Tag team yeah. um, I think it put over, you know, the commentators put this over as well. It's just like, you know, CM Punk just really wants that rematch with MJF so much that he managed to overcome the, the odds. Also, they're like two of the top stars in the company, so I don't think it's too bad if it was just two random singles guys that came together to yeah. be ftr it's different but it's punk and mox so i don't i don't mind it too much uh ibby b said hiya lads just want to share that hangman uh since returning has put on nothing but banger after banger i do feel like some fans are still getting used to him becoming the big boss character uh, rather than on the chase has excelled in every style can't wait for cole completely agree Jack Nichols said uh, that main event ruled that snaky short arm was fantastic and the box shot Larry was innovative as heck. Uh, did either of you two go to that WCPW show where the top rope broke on Ricochet and Osprey in minute one? Page versus Vance was much better. Uh, I did not. I, no. I never went to a WCPW show. I did. I went to a few. Uh, on the subject of the inner circle, Chris Nolan, the Christopher Nolan, yeah. said uh, the Jericho versus Ortiz promo was great. Some of the promo that both Chris and Ortiz said sounded so familiar. I was sure it was from Chris's wrestling past. Speaking of the Jericho promo, I just remember the story he told with them not tagging him in the match, as well as fans paying to see him. That was the thing that happened between him and Punk in a tag match with Edge. Oh, was that like back in the day? Mm. Interesting. On the subject of the women's division, Ronan C, forget Keith Lee and Jay White with the biggest debut on Dynamite was a second women's match. Granted, it only lasts one minute, but it is a start. Legitimately. I thought that was like, well, it's a start. Yeah. It's something. Keep Dude, doing more I'm of that. Absolutely fine with it. I'm, and also, Serena Deeb on TV is always great in my Yeah, books. Serena Deeb on TV. You had a promo regarding the, the Mercedes Martinez Thunder Rosa stuff with Britt Baker. There's lots of women's feuds going on. They're yeah. just starting to showcase them a bit more. Uh, William Rosmer said, I figured it out. Uh, I figured out they were able to have two women's matches on the show because they are now limitless. Very good. Wah, wah. Very good. Hannah Allen said, Hey, gents, Keith Lee. Love seeing the man in AEW. And it was nice seeing him happy in the ring. Shirt off, cheeky nod, so much love. Switchblade, OMG. Boys, I'm an Aussie, right? But I'm also half Kiwi. Imagine if I tipped New Zealand dollars. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, proper stoked his in-ring work speaks for itself uh, and i'm so excited he's in aew jay white danhausen a few weeks ago my fantasy roster is complete with rj city and effie effie is indie for life and respect aef and w lots of love liw 4444f uh jtj 444f that's what it says Jesus. life um, l-y-f yeah, life um <sighs> Stephen Guzman. It's been a long show. Yep. Uh, I've been to AEW Grand Slam, Oof. the first Dynamite on TBS, Oof. and the show last night in person Oof. as well. I felt like all of pay-per-views. Love how special AEW makes Dynamite. Also, I got to be in TV for Moxley's entrance. 
Stay safe. Love y'all. Have a great day. Amazing That's awesome. Stuff. Uh, Matthew Robinson said, I think AEW protected the disqualification finish since they talked about on commentary. What do you guys think? This is in reference to the Rampage it was, match um, with the DQ. As DQ finishes go, I thought it was good. I just don't want them to do too many of them because, you know, they really don't need to do a lot of them and they've done a few lately. That's all. Yeah. I mean, two in a couple months. A couple of months. Yeah. When they've done two years of not doing them at all. At least this was like, but both of them at least have been storyline. Like, I, I I'm sorry. It's, it's storyline purpose. And I get that. As I think we said this with DQ and how can they possibly coexist? And mm-hmm. this like, like they are good finishes. Yeah, they are. Very good finishes when you use them in storylines that, that need them and necessitate them. It's just, it's, it can be overplayed if you do it every single time. And it's just using it as an excuse. I agree. I think it's more, uh, having a bit more being a bit cautious because we've seen the dqb overviews it's like okay they've done two now and they're both fine they're both good finishes it's just like just stop doing them because then because then they can start to become a crutch when you start using them more that's all the thing that actually annoyed me the most about it Mm. you'll be surprised to hear this was chris jericho shocking because chris jericho screaming on commentary you never see dqs in AEW. i'm like fuck off chris You tool. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel that way a lot when I watch AEW. Uh, Martin, it's been a very sweary show. I'm very sorry, Martin. Uh, and, and editor Vinny. Um, Martin Walker, my wife, my 10-year-old son, and I have COVID right now. So sorry to hear that. Fully vaxxed, so mild symptoms, but my son isn't sleeping well. When he woke up 1am last night, we decided to get up and watch AEW Dynamite live. After the show, he said, WWE is pretend AEW is real. Amazing. That's so cool. That's great. Uh, Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Raw, nothing happened. AEW, everything happened. Mox and Punk managed to coexist. Top matches, great story progression, and promos. Also, did we see the smartest dressed AEW fan ever? P.S. LIW will take the AEW review and Pete will rule forever as champion. You know it. Anonymous said, long-time watcher, back when Luke still had hair and Ollie didn't. First-time Ultra Cheddar. Uh, Love this episode of Dynamite and AEW, but with that much talent, do you think AEW should do some kind of brand split to feature everyone? Or what? No, I, I, I don't. No, because nope. I think what we talked about earlier, cycling in and out of talent, mm-hmm. I think is a much more effective way than a brand split. 100%. Uh, yeah, completely. It allows people to rest as well for the room. And Nate S. Ollie, can you at least give that a five out of five? Lol, did you cry like a baby when Keith Lee debuted? I didn't either, just had dust in both my eyes. Love this company. Keith Lee, Darby, Andrade, Wardlow. That ladder match is going to rule, going to revolution. Oof. I cannot wait, you lucky bugger. Yep. Uh, Yoko Littner, I have no idea how he did it, but somehow TK managed to debut my two favorite wrestlers on the same show. Jay White and Keith Lee are all I've ever wanted to shop on Dynamite. Show rating infinity out of 10. Agreed. Brian Moore, we got Jay White, we got Keith Lee, we got two women's matches. Sorta, kinda close. It's progress. Five out of five show. I do want to say about Hangman and his story was phase one in the AEW. We're now in phase two, which in my opinion is Adam Cole's story. I like it. Like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Peter Mullins. Honestly, this episode was perfect. Loved every minute. Last week's Rampage was the first AEW that I noticed my AEW excitement levels were beginning to drop. I could have taken it and left it this week, but after this week, hype levels to the moon. Uh, Otis and Money. I love... I love out of touch, no understanding of friendship, <laughs> Richman Andrade. Also, give me the semi Andrade double, uh, Derby triple threat at Revolution. That's what my money's on as well. Just I'd a like triple that. threat. I yeah. think that's where we're going. That'd I'd be great. love that. Uh, I'll hot tag back. Charles Berg said, uh, I noticed something. The difference in the eyes of people in AEW versus WWE. When in AEW, these wrestlers look alive, vibrant, and happy. In WWE, for the most part, they look dead behind the eyes. What's your favorite wrestling move? Mine's got to be a clothesline. Hang a DDT. Like a standard wrestling move. 
Powerbomb. Yeah, that's a good shout. Love a Powerbomb. Uh, Charles Berg, actually, that's an interesting... Like, I remember Jericho's first book when he compares uh, WCW to WWE and he said it was like seeing the world in color mm. and like that's the difference and i kind of get that impression from people who go from the ww locker room where you're constantly walking around on eggshells you don't know how secure your job is yeah you um you can't get a meeting with the top guy because you've got to sit outside of his office for eight hours and even then you might not get a meeting with mm -hmm. him so then going to this promotion where that guy is just sat and available to talk and available to chat yeah and uh, it's a collaborative process and everyone is happy must be just like a wow is this what it can be like mm -hmm. totally jack nichols said uh, i'd like to apologize for my irresponsible <laughs> joke on tuesday it was immature and juvenile and as much as i would like to crack wise about those descriptors i would hate for you guys to get demonetized take care lads it's all right we didn't get demonetized for you so good uh dylan kelonzo said uh, it's not a coincidence that on my birthday aew puts its best show ever thanks tony also luke about that avatar the last airbender take <laughs> i didn't realize it was a joke so i'm super duper soz about delivering cardboard cutouts of peace <laughs> ass man video to your house i'm an ass man you're welcome um no, it's it's absolutely fine. Not a lot of people did not pick up on the sarcasm. We talked about it a lot on the uh, AEW yeah. podcast outro. I you think uh, you just need to get better at telling jokes, Luke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anonymous said, two bold guys on my screen. What is this? WWE? Lol. Okay, enough of the jokes. I missed Laurie on screen. Which one of you is Laurie? Love you guys. Hashtag Keith and AEW confirmed. We did say before we started, we look like a father and son pairing. We're like the Sting and Darby <laughs> Allen. We've got matching t-shirts as well. We're the Sting and Darby Allen of the AEW review podcast. Mr. Owen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jack Nichols says, uh, don't you dare stop talking. Last chat, just to say happy birthday to my cousin Tom, 34 years old today. He's the best and loves wrestling. I'm out. Have a great weekend, fellas. Happy birthday to you, Tom. A couple last minute ones as well from Dale D that said, I was there live and it was a blast. Crowd was hot all night. Biggest pops of the entire night were Keith Lee, Danhausen, and Hook. Can't wait until they come back to either Philly or AC again. Uh, Hybridium said, hey lads, jam that Jamhausen. I just want to mention that this weekend I got to meet Danhausen, Ethan Page, Doc Gallows, Will Hobbs, and Brian Myers. And I got to buy some uh, some action figures. Danhausen for Quizzlemania. Come on, Adam. Also, bring back RJ City ASAP. Uh, email support at wrestletalk.com. Send us those. Uh, the, if you've got any photos of anything, send it on because we can feature those on the podcast. And mm. uh, we love getting feedback. Like if you met a wrestler recently, send us an email support at wrestletalk.com. We do read out every email that we do get sent on the podcast intro and outro that's available in video form for members and Patreon backers as well. Uh, because we love hearing from you guys. And also, we like seeing people interacting with wrestlers. We had an email from someone recently. Uh, we read it on Tuesday's show. Where they met, uh, M they met who was it? Serena Deeb and Jay White mm. at a signing, Ooh. and got both of them to sign their pictures with Jam That Jam. No way. <laughs> Jay White knew what it meant. Really? Serena Deeb had no idea. Well, so yeah, that so checks. It out. checks yeah. out. So they had to explain it, and all he said, he goes like, "You're gonna regret that a couple of years." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be weird. Yeah. But yeah, that was that's rad. So please do email support at wrestletalk.com. But Pete, I think that is just it. about. They're just gonna do it for this episode. Thank you once again to our sponsor. Better help h e h e l p dot com um, forward slash wrestle. Click the link in the video description down below. Use that promo code wrestle for ten percent off your first month. Better help will assess your needs, match you with your own licensed professional therapist. If you match with a therapist in under forty eight hours, it's not a crisis line. It is not self help. It is professional therapy done securely. This service it's available for clients worldwide. Better help wants you to start living a happier life today, and so do we. Your mental health, your better your well-being is important to us 
It's important to better help. It's important to all the people around you. So if you do feel like you need to reach out and talk to people, there's a link in the video description down below for you. We highly, highly recommend their service. Uh, first email here is from Lars. It says, uh, hey, I felt the restarts during the MJF Punk match mm -hmm. didn't make any sense. Almost every time after someone cheats to win, it's clear to see right away and the ref does nothing. Even though I love the match anyways, this isn't consistent with their other booking, Jam That Jam. Well, here's the thing, you see, is the referees usually find out about the cheating afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, so like in the kayfabe world, they go backstage and the referee's like, you missed them doing this. Mm -hmm. The referee literally caught him essentially in the act like yeah as he was raising his hand caught him doing with the cheating there so i i thought it was actually quite a nice bit of theater work yes i quite liked i think the the reveal was just really well done of like the the, the almost the the comedy moment of it falling to the floor and both him and the referee just going oh yep. and just looking across to it was very very well executed i thought it was very good uh nishant emails in to say dear wrestle boys hope you guys are doing well i so strongly agree with luke's rant about brandy and what ollie said too also angry luke was kind of nice it's refreshing for a change from dad which is super nice by the way really happy for you but feel free to rant a bit more when things bother you also where's the one hour cineworld special about the new ghostbusters movie thanks for all today stay safe lots of love knee shant i was oh you're right sorry just need the table my bad uh like knee shant i was um a bit concerned about that brandy mm -hmm. tear i went on last week it was good though wasn't it i mean like i'd stand by it yeah because I think she's wrong. Yeah. And I think AEW are wrong for putting her in that position. Whether that is her, like, you know, her saying to Cody on Rose to the Top, the fans will never buy me as a babyface, so mm -hmm. I I'll never be a babyface. Then don't book yourself into being in a babyface position because you know, you're going to be in a heel versus heel thing. So, anyway, yep. so I, st I completely stand by that. The following day, we had Eddie Kingston on the show. Yes. And it was arranged by AEW. Mm -hmm. Like, um, we make absolutely no bones about that. We went through AEW's a PR team. Yep. If anyone's wondering why you do that with WWE, they never respond to our emails. They don't like us. They do not like us. We're not allowed WWE interviews. It's technically a lie. I'm doing three tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's different. But that's different. And actually, that wasn't done through WWE. Exactly. That was done through a third-party uh, thing for another event. Which yes. I'm just, they just happen to be there, mm -hmm. and I'm go and that's how I've got access to them. But normally, WWE just will not give us any interviews or the time of day for them. Yep. AEW, on the other hand, are a bit more receptive to it, which is nice as well because they're not receptive to everyone. Like, no, uh, Sean always like I never get any AEW interviews, but we've had yeah. two in the last yeah. year or so, you know, six months. Um, hopefully, hopefully more to come because the AEW Kings one did really well. It did, didn't it? It Ooh. did really good. Hot damn! Hot yeah. dang! Like it was one of our best videos. I think it was the best video last week. Yeah, performance wise, I think quite easily. It yeah, was. yeah. Oh, it was very chuffed yeah. as well. It was bloody good video as well. Oh man, it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. But anyway, so like, you know, so AEW uh, had set up the interview for us through their PR team. And then the you know, less than 24 hours earlier, I'd been on a show going like Brandy Rhodes is an idiot. And I thought to myself, I was like, have I completely like soiled this relationship mm -hmm. before it's even begun? Yeah. Because I've just done a video where I've called their chief branding officer an idiot. Yeah. And then I said to Ali, I was like, what if Eddie saw it? Mm -hmm. And then Eddie comes onto the video and he's like, oh, I heard what you... And then cuts a pro promo mm -hmm. on me. Yeah. And then I've got to sit there and sort of defend my point to be like, well, yeah. I, th I think she's wrong. Yeah. Like, I think she was wrong to be in that position. Yeah. Um, thankfully, 
Eddie is a cool guy, mm-hmm. and he like he. I'm not gonna say he watches the the product. I'm not gonna say he watches the show, but he says, you know, oh, yeah, you guys have got your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I've got my thoughts, and this and the other. He's very cool like that. And that was one of the things I actually really liked about the interview was towards the end when he was just like. I love what you guys do. And it's not just what you guys do. Like at the end of the day, we're all wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Like this is, so it's you, it's Cultaholic, it's what culture, it's fans of wrestling talking about wrestling. And that's yeah. great. And that, exactly. I thought that was really refreshing because there's a lot of wrestlers who just hate what we do mm-hmm. because what we do is we sit and we sometimes criticize, mm-hmm. not all the time. Oftentimes we praise, but if something's bad, we say it's bad. And wrestling tends to be a bit like, oh no, F you for saying this is bad. You don't know. You've never stepped into the ring. The Mark Madden or Eric Bischoff arguments. Yes. Or these days, I guess, Ric Flair's joining that camp too. Is he? <sighs> yeah. Oh, what's just... Flair done now? Well, it's just, it was part of the thing that I wrote for, funny enough, for Adam's news script for, the, for Sunday. It's just him saying about like, you know, that... It went on another tear about Becky Lynch again because I guess he just has something about her that he doesn't like. She had the audacity to cut a promo, and he was like, "Idiot!" <laughs> and then, uh, and also he doesn't like Sami Zayn either now as well. Oh, okay. it's, just, it's just in. I don't understand what he's saying as well. Like I've I've got the quote in front of me of what he said, and I'm like, I'll be honest, I don't understand what he means. Mm. It was just like you know, if he's got heat with me, then he needs to get heat with the marks. It's like, what does that mean, Rick? Oh. That's just you're just saying words at that point. As uh, yeah, it was weird. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's has he has he lost his mind a little bit? I think he might have, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're not employed, like you know, yeah. you start to fall down rabbit holes and things. But I mean, a lot of people saw that during 2020, didn't they? When they were yeah. on furlough and stuff, and he was like, you know, click one Facebook link, and then before you know mm. it, you think that the Earth is flat. Yeah. AJ, no shade made Star- anyone there. AJ Styles <laughs> are just asking questions, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the flood community <laughs> hello chap says paul said i wanted to let you know about a peculiar chain of events which befell me yesterday mm. i could be described as the most casual of casual wrestling fans only really engage with it through wrestle talk videos and the occasional clip on youtube this is the result of knowing adam since his beta male days oh, wow. and following his career from there as such i didn't get the reference for the new t-shirts so i had to make a trip to google to see what i was missing Upon searching the term Dragon Sleeper, a video popped up titled Dragon Sleeper from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This is particularly interesting as I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for the last six months and even had a class later that day. I watched the video and thought no more of it until that evening when I was on the mat with my sparring partner. Odd numbers in the class meant that I had the dubious honour of rolling with the instructor. Things were progressing as you might imagine they would. Uh, Meat knitting. Meat knitting? Meat knitting was happening to my limbs. Meat knitting. That sounds awful. It sounds so quaint and yet (laughs) so dangerous. Meat knitting. How can you say something like knitting? How is that? And you just add meat in front of it and suddenly it changes the entire complexion of it. Does that work with other things? Like other quaint things like meat baking? Well, no, because that's just baking, right? With meat. Yeah, <laughs> but that's fine. Because yeah, you eat meat. Yeah, I suppose you do. You suppose you bake pies, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, what's other? Um, that's the same as I was going to say sewing. But that's basically the same as knitting. Um, meat painting. Oh, I like meat painting. Meat yeah. crocheting. <laughs> um, also, how has no wrestler ever come up with the meat knitter as their like? <laughs> Uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s new nickname. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Paul continues. I was suddenly shocked to realise I had somehow gotten into the bizer- the perfect position to lock on the dragon sleeper. Mm. My instructor managed to escape the hold, because he is better than me and I know it. 
but gave me an appreciative nod and complimented the move. I then made the mistake of saying it was a pro wrestling technique Uh and his face dropped. A few moments later, as I was uh, tapping a particular, as I was tapping to a particular snug crucifix choke, I realized might have been slightly annoyed by me in the attempt to finish it with a maneuver (laughs) from a predetermined sport. (laughs) But I wanted to thank you as it's the closest I've ever get I've ever got to submitting him. Thank you, Paul McGarity. That's amazing. That is really, really awesome. We're both wearing the Dragon Sleeper t-shirt today as well. Certainly are, because I looked at the schedule. We've been told what t-shirts to wear on what shows now, and I saw that Luke was supposed to be wearing the Tiger Driver t-shirt, so I brought in the Dragon one, because I, I didn't have... want to be wearing the same one. I don't have a Tiger Driver one. Why not? Because everyone took them. I mean, only got given two of each. I... The thing is, this is the advantage of being a small boy. Is that I specifically say, can you send me them in small? So I've got one of each. Okay, so, so me and Ollie have only got them to share. Oh, and, oh and, gross. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, terrible. I do, I do like the way he smells. <laughs> uh, Paul's postscript here is just said, further to Ollie and Luke's discussion yesterday, this has been last week, mm. I wanted to say this as a very, very casual observer of wrestling, only two acts have recently stood out to me to the point that I went looking for more of their matches. MJF and Danhausen. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure what that says, or indeed if I'm the kind of people they want to attract, but Danhausen has an undefiable something which makes me want to keep watching him do stuff. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that checks out. That's, that's very intriguing. Thank you very much for that email. One more that I wanted to read out here, because I thought this was very interesting. Mm. I'm going to bring this up with Ollie. Oh, it won't be on next Raw's podcast, because he won't be around then either. Still be in isolation at that point. Really? Yeah, because he's got because if he's tested positive. Oh now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'll be in with doing. Oh man, you got to watch Raw next week. Oh, you? piss off! <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's not as bad as SmackDown. So that's yeah, fine. I mean, okay, I I will say I love the SmackDown podcast. <laughs> okay, it is of the shows that we do. It's legit my favorite show okay. that we put out. <laughs> I like you and Tempo as a duo. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think you two have got very good chemistry, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um. But I genuinely do love listening uh, love listening to you guys talk about SmackDown. Because it is a bad show. It's a bad show. And I really appreciate how you both try to be like, look, we don't want to just rag on this show the yeah. whole time. But also, it's well boring. <laughs> yeah. And I, on my Saturday routine, I take the kid down to give my wife a bit of time. And I watch Rampage. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, perfectly wonderful hours worth of wrestling. Yeah. Love it to pieces, mm-hmm. right? It's never like a great show. No. In particularly in the last few weeks as well, it has been, I mean, actually missable. Yeah. But has. I haven't had a terrible time watching it. Mm-hmm. There's always like something to be like, really enjoyed that. Yes. Um, and then, um, and then I'll end up watching SmackDown afterwards because my wife's still asleep. I'm well bored with Book of Boba Fett, so I'll be like, well, sure. uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll just try and watch SmackDown a bit. I could watch Frasier on all four, but I'm going to watch SmackDown, stay up to date with the the wrestling stuff. And, so and the other, and I can get through it in forty minutes. Because mm-hmm. once you get, once you start hitting that fast forward button through commercials, oh, yeah. through entrances, mm-hmm. boy howdy, do you get through that show dirt quick? Oh yeah, forty minutes, fifty tops. And last week in particular, I was like, Christmas Day. This show is so boring. And I messaged you about that fightful report mm. where, like, uh, there was someone backstage that said, outside of four people, nothing in WWE matters, and that was, I was like, that is SmackDown encapsulated in a nutshell because outside of Roman, Brock, Ronda, and Charlotte, nothing on this show mattered. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And no. it's so boring to watch. 
And that is why I like you and Tempo reviewing it because you're there going like, oh my God, it's so fun. It's the show that makes me want to jump on stream the most. (laughs) (laughs) To come on and just antagonize us that little bit more. Yeah, just just to come on and just be like, guys, what is this show? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even working today, but I just want to come on and be like, guys, what was that main event segment? Oh God, that just stopped making me think about Smackdown. I don't uh, like it, Luke. I don't like the show. It isn't great, is it? Um, remember when it used to be really good? I do remember. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It was a good time, wasn't it? Uh, I will just quickly get through this from Tobias. Yes. Um, <laughs> just had something fall. Yeah, was on it? The oh, it was, the, it was one of the steel chairs. Oh, you that's see. okay. Yeah. That's fine. We can leave <laughs> I that. Thought, oh, I thought it was the crate. Yeah, so did I. Falling off the wall, which oh, would have been very goodness scary. Goodness me. That would have been... Uh, Terrible. There's some expensive lights underneath it as well. Yeah. You see these uh, new, new little sheets over them? Yeah. Isn't that nice? My uh, my other co-host, Ash, uh, was mm. watching the Tuesday stream we did for Raw. Indeed. I got a text message from afterwards that uh, said, someone's been to Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> also, Luke, look, I... I know that when you said that the Avatar would be better than the TV show, I know that you're just trying to antagonize people. I understand I'm that. I'm not even trying to antagonize people. I just thought no one would believe me when I said it. I know. But, like, it's a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. <laughs> I put up on Twitter, someone said you should do it with Dragon Ball next week. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I just thought, like, yeah, you know, I, I said it because I thought it was a funny yeah, thing to say because yeah. it's not true. Bit of fun, isn't it's it? a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. And I looked at the camera and I did a big sort of like waggle of the eyebrows and yeah. stuff and a big raise. The chat went insane yeah. about it, and I was like, guys, like, I'm kidding. Yeah, like I don't, I don't believe this. I will say, in general, though, there's some jokes that you and Ollie make. It's like I understand the concept. <laughs> I understand your sarcasm levels. If people are tuning in for the first time, <laughs> I, I do get worried about some of the jokes. It's like, you know, when, when, what is it? When, I don't know, you're talking about some sort of segment on AEW and you'll be like, oh, you can only have one women's match per show. And I'll be like, yeah, because, you know, women don't deserve to wrestle. And, I'll, and I'll, it's I'll, like, say, oh! I'll be like, because you hate women. Yeah, because <laughs> you hate women and they don't deserve to wrestle, right? And then, yeah, like, I know you're joking, but like, if someone is tuning in for the first time, like, that feels legit, you know? I, I get what you mean. But I, I also have the opinions, like, it's an insane comment to I know make it is. that, like, no one would think you're being serious but about But people it. believe that stuff, though. <laughs> people do believe that, like, women are worse wrestlers than men and stuff like that. People exist that have that opinion. Yeah, I know. Well, I know, like, someone tweeted me being really angry about that mm. Avatar thing. Oh, yeah. And being like, oh, man, you used to be my favourite. But after that, like, I cannot take anything you say seriously ever again. And I, and I just tweet them back being like, did you listen to the thing I said not two and a half minutes later? <laughs> and they didn't reply. No, of course not. And going through the comments on that video, there were a lot of people that were like, can you believe what Luke said? Like, yeah. that is an insane take. To like, what an idiot. Cannot take anything this man takes seriously. One person then left an edit was like, oops, I got worked. <laughs> and the other ones just left their comments as is. They would, you- means they heard me say, yeah. I'm joking. Why would you go back and correct a mistake? Well, you just got to leave it. You made your bed. Sit in it. It's fine. <laughs> Guys, come on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, sorry, Tobias. I'll, um, we'll get to your email on Tuesday. It's an interesting thing, actually, because it's about mm. local globalization. And it's, oh. it's the question about, like, why do we charge things in dollars? when right. like, And sort of like, are you sort of... Um, uh, are you ignoring your Britishness because are you trying to just be an American? It's a very interesting <laughs> well, take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the short answer is... 
75% of the people who watch this video are American. Correct. Yes. Uh, and listen to this podcast, in fact. I think it's 65... I think it's 65-70% sure. um, listen to this are American. It's somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. But we'll yeah. read the email out properly next week. Uh, sorry, Tempest, if you're listening to this, you messaged me too late. Uh, I will have to have a chat tomorrow. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Uh, tomorrow, in fact, actually, it's Denise and Adam doing this show team damn team damn because i am at an event and i wasn't asked so i'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> team panice will ride again yeah thank you all so much for listening take care i love you goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.